And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. All right, everyone, welcome back to another edition of Weighing In with the Real Punk. Josh Thompson, and trust me, he is a punk. You should have seen him this week. It was incredible. The guy just could not control himself. It was in rare form. People, rare form. Attacking people. It was just wrong, but it was funny as hell. And me, John McCarthy. This is edition number 81, I believe. And we got podcast Dave there on the controls doing his magic. We are here to bring you the world of MMA. And boy, we had a good world going for the last couple of days. Shows on Friday, a couple shows on Saturday. We got a lot to talk about. And we do have the upcoming fight with Tyrone Woodley against his best friend, Colby Covington, coming up that we're going to do a little bit of talk about. If you uh, have a friend out there that's interested in MMA, talk to him. Bring him to either one of our platform, well, excuse me, podcasting platforms of like YouTube, Google Play, Spotter, Spotify, Stitcher, all of those. Tell them to sign up, subscribe, give us a thumbs up and become part of the weighing in community. You can also get one of our t-shirts by going to prowrestlingtees.com. Go to prowrestlingtees.com, punch in weighing in. You're going to see a bitchin' picture of Josh Thompson and me. Okay, maybe it's a good picture of Josh, maybe not me. But then hit that picture, you get a, our t-shirts to come up, and we got a couple of cool designs. If you want to buy one of them, we will give you 20% off if you enter the code GOAT. G-O-A-T for greatest of all time. And that's what the Weighing In podcast is, not Josh Thompson. Yes, What's up, my brother? The champ is here. The champ is it's, here. The crowd goes crazy. <sighs> it, has to be, it has to be a total of like eight <laughs> hours since I've seen you. <laughs> it has been. Okay, so if you guys um, think that we look high or drunk or stoned yes, or whatever are. it is, we, we, are, we are not. <laughs> no matter what John says, no we are not. Just no sleep. We got done with our show on the East Coast at 12.30 in the morning, 12.45. Our flights were at 3.30 a.m. to leave to the airport. It's an hour flight to the airport. And my flight was at 6 a.m. It's an hour flight to the airport? Oh, sorry, hour drive to the airport. <laughs> hey, you almost missed – your guy missed the airport because I'm we were right did. behind you. Where the uh, hell were you going? Me? I, I swear <laughs> I almost missed my plane. He kept going. He kept going on, and then finally, he said, oh shit, I went the wrong way. I'm like, how far? He's like, oh, about 20 minutes. Nice. <laughs> I was almost, I almost missed. You're almost plane. in Boston. Yeah, and I was telling, uh, I told Conrad, the guy who books our 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 cars service, I said, Conrad, I said he drove 20 minutes past the exit to the airport. I said, I'm gonna drive 20 <laughs> minutes back. Yeah, I, I've had the worst luck with some of my, excuse me, with some of my drivers. One time, my driver was 30 minutes late picking me up at home. And then going to the airport, I told him, I said, I'm in such a hurry. You need to get me there. I need to be there because it was our first show for COVID. And so I knew I had to get there that night because I had to do the test the next day. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to do the show. And I would have been like, I would have missed all the other things, you know, production meetings and stuff because of the 24-hour quarantine. Anyways, um, I kid you not. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll get you there. He gets, you know, he starts driving. We get halfway there. This dude stops for fucking gas. <laughs> who in the hell doesn't fill their car up before they pick someone up to take them to the fucking airport especially the same guy the same guy that you had driving you last week to our show that you missed oh yeah yeah the one, 
I actually never, never, never had that guy, to be honest. Never had that guy. I show up in Mohegan and John goes, John goes, don't ever do that to me again. I was like, why? He's like, you just left me high and dry. I said, you were with Dave. You're fine. <laughs> You're with podcast, Dave. Oh, man. Uh, look, we had, we had a lot of good shows this weekend. I thought the UFC show was just as good. Um, you know, it's, it's some, it's, it, I thought they had the girls fought their fucking ass off in that show. Well, they did. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, Friday night we had a couple of really nasty ball kicks, uh, that we oh. Jesus. it was, oh, oh I felt oh, dude, so was... bad for both guys, both Poor of them. People. I don't feel bad for one. I feel really bad for the uh, other. Just because you know who it came from. So, oh, Bell, uh, Bell and the way it came. Yes. The first, the second one, too. The first one and the second one, they came together. We're both the same. Well, both same, same technique, oh, spinning man. back kick, which you know generates a ton of freaking oh. power. Poor Peter Stanonic, man. man. He got, it was, he got hit with the second one. I didn't know what to say. I was just like, I, I don't know what to do, man. That's just horrible. You know, as, and you look and man, he's on the ground and he's, he was actually, and this is, you'll, you'll have guys that are groaning and moaning and, and even crying at times because, yeah. Hey, it's painful, especially. And it's the frustration. Also, he was just, it's the guy that, that hit him too. You're looking at Ray Dan. I think Ray Daniels knows how to throw a spinning back hit pretty think? well. You think he lives off of it. And man, that second one that just hit him so square. In the pills. In the pills. That's <laughs> fucking horrible, man. Oh, Dude, man. He took two, he, I don't know, whatever they are, man. You want to call them Excedrins, Bears, whatever they're, he pulverized those fuckers with the second one. <laughs> it was just horrible. <laughs> what are those yeah. What are those hammers that you hit to soften yeah, the meat? Just, <laughs> felt so bad. Because if you guys didn't see the fights on Friday, he hit him with the spinning back kick first, but the heel hit into the lower part of the abdomen. But then the foot went across the cup, and we saw Peter Stanona go down. But then he—you could tell it hit—it hit hard enough to where he was drooling at the mouth because he just didn't care about anything else but just trying to get a deep breath, like just breathe, breathe. <laughs> and I mean, I've been there a couple of times playing soccer. Guys have just straight up booted me right in the, you know, like you'll you'll slide, in the pills. Yeah, you'll go to slide That's tackle. They'll go that. to slide tackle, and then they'll go to go ahead and try and kick the ball at the same time and miss and kick you right in the. And um, oh, hold the whole man, you, you have you have a hoo ha, a hoo ha. <laughs> I mean, it was painful. So these um, Peter just he dropped to his knees and he was drooling out of his mouth. You could just see that that he was in so much pain. Then I in the commentary I say, John, I said, so after he's done with this five minutes because he oh, used dude, up the whole five, it, man. he called, he used up all of the five minutes. I said, if you get if it happens again, does he get another five minutes? And you're like, yes, he does. And then no kid. What was it? Like 20 seconds later. Once he finally. Oh, it wasn't even fight. that. Oh, no, man. it was 10 seconds. 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Right Boom. away. <laughs> the same technique, man. It was like, oh, God. The second one was worse because Peter was walking into the first one and the whole foot didn't hit. The second one, he had threw the head kick and Raymond had thrown or he threw a kick like to the shoulders or the head or something like that. But his leg was lifted up like almost like doing the splits. And Raymond did the spinning back right into his woo, pills and it oh. landed clean. And Raymond goes, told the ref, it was uh, Herzog. He goes, oh, it hit him in the thigh. He's like, no, <laughs> it did not hit him in the thigh. Was, dude, you know how many times I've had fighters go, you know, oh, it was this, it was that. It was like, dude, you know what? My kids used to lie to me all the time, too. 
and I didn't believe a fucking word they said. Yeah. <laughs> so shut up. <laughs> I know I saw it, man. You know, it's, it's just the truth. So great. Right. Oh, I'm talking to Raymond Daniels, you know, the day after, and he's like, oh, man. And I said, dude, he goes, he goes, he goes, you guys got to go with it, John. He goes, next time I come into the ring, I'm going to have a couple of nutcrackers on each side of me. You know, the, 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 the Christmas thing with the, the cracking of nuts because you got to go with it. <laughs> so instead of the real deal, we're going to go with Raymond, the nutcracker Daniel. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh man. I felt so bad for Peter. I, you know what though? That fight was shaping up to be a great fight too, because it really was. Peter was finally starting to, uh, sorry, Raymond was starting to finally start to slow down. And a lot of his spinning attacks obviously didn't have, wasn't, weren't really hitting the mark. Well, <laughs> so, they were hitting the mark. Yeah. Just not the one they were supposed maybe to be. Not the, maybe not the proper mark, but they were definitely hitting the mark. And Peter was, and Peter Sononik was taking some clean shots, even when he was uh, walking, when through they were him. walking through them. And he was the one putting the pace and Raymond was slowing down. You could tell that the power wasn't as it wasn't there as much. The speed wasn't there as much. And he was missing the marks. It was getting a little sloppy, but man, it was a fun fight to watch up until those moments. So I uh, hopefully I honestly, I got to tell you, I don't, I don't blame Peter if he doesn't want to take the rematch, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I would love to see that in the rematch. I would, I would love to again. see it in a rematch too. Cause he had, you know, we had talked about that fight earlier and I mm -hmm. said, look at the way to beat Raymond. You know, there's no, there's, the blueprint on how to beat Raymond is there. It's just that most people cannot follow it. And it was written by Nikki Holskin yeah. in kickboxing. And I did one of those fights. And Nikki used to take everything that Ray, all that motion, all of those flashy techniques, and he would walk through them. He would take the abuse. They hurt, but he would just make sure that he didn't get hit with that one that was going to put him away and walk him down, pressure him, and just make it to where he was having to fight so hard to keep away from that pressure that he started to burn out. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's what I saw that Peter Stanonik was doing. He was trying to put that same type of pressure. It would have been interesting to see how that fight played out. But in the end, we did not get to. We saw a little okay. bit of wrestling, though, as well from uh, eh? from him as well, uh, Raymond Daniels. And uh, it looked like a couple of times he was trying to set up like a, a toe hold or a leg lock thing in one of the. He did. He grabbed that foot and yeah, I go, you go for a toe hold. Yeah. <laughs> and when I had talked to him after we did the fighter meetings, I had ran into him, uh, you know, getting adjusted at one of the like one of the chiropractor tables. And he had <clears throat> and he had said, yeah, I've been working on a couple leg lock attacks, you know, uh, but it from from the standing position where he jumps into it. And I was like, oh, OK, he's like something I might try, you know, depending on you know where we're at. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm excited to see it, man. Like, he, I guess he has some setups. Him and Mark Munoz have been working together for some setups on in. And he said that uh, it's been working and catching people in the gym that he trains with all the time. I said, hey, this is great. But, I mean, I don't think the nut shot was in the game plan. No. no but, so. um, but the fight after that, Taylor Johnson. Oh, Come on, Jones. dude. Tombstone looked good. Yes, he looked good. We, and we had talked about him earlier and stuff. And, we, you know, we had talked about the leg locks because we mm -hmm. know that he does enjoy utilizing leg locks in his attack. He came from the Dean Lister, Jocko Willink, Victory MMA down in San Diego, and he's not there now, but that's where he came from. And when that's your base, you tend to go back to that base. And, you know, you you working out with Ed Ruth and talking yeah. about it, he said, I don't know if he'll catch him with the legs, but he did. Yeah. And it was that, dude, that, and I, I don't even know what to call it because it's really not a submission that the way he extended his knee to the side. Mm hmm at one position i was like oh dude it just looked nasty and ed ruth got he's got a pain tolerance because anything with my knees it's very fast <laughs> yes yes but uh it's uh man in the end it was 
that tenacity of staying with the technique and finally getting that heel hook set. You got to look and Taylor Johnson. He has that one loss against Muniz that was in uh, the Dana White Contender Series. He was undefeated going to that. Muniz, Muniz just won his first UFC debut fight in an impressive fashion. Uh, Taylor Johnson's going to be something special. He's good. Yeah, He's tough. I hope we inked him to a long-term deal, not just a one-off, because I, I, when I was doing the research on him, I was very impressed with his aggressiveness, his willingness to go ahead and wrestle and strike. Uh, his ground and pound is nasty when he gets on nasty. top of you. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I just was, I wanted to see him do more. And I'm, but I mean, honestly, he did a great job. And I felt, I felt there's a couple of things when I was talking and we we're in the middle of the leg lock exchange. And I told myself I would never do this as a commentator. And I did it. And I was so mad at myself <laughs> after I got done is, you know, cause back in the day and I love Frank Mir, but Frank Mir, when he was the commentator for the WEC, he used to say when submissions were on or close, Oh, it's done. It's over and over. And the guy would get out. And I was like, yeah. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stop, stop saying that. And, yeah. and he would happen a lot. And so I said, Oh, I would never do something like that. And I said, oh, I've trained with Ed on the ground, leg locks, all these things. But then I also think after I said it and after the, sh the fight was obviously over from a leg lock, after I said Ed would get out, I'm thinking to myself, I'm also not 185 pounds with the leg strength of, of this guy to, to do the same thing to Ed, like nope. hip into him, break his balance, do all those things. And I was like, man. I, you know, like I consider myself pretty decent on the, in the leg lock area. I mean, but the, the new age jujitsu, the new age leg locks, they've got yeah. so many different ways of setting it up, Dude, different ways of so attacking, many setups now, different ways to and set it, up the legs to make sure you can break their balance. And, and Ed just didn't make the right decisions in that, dis in when he came back up to his feet and I tried yeah. to talk it through on the broadcast and no matter what I said, I had already put my foot in my mouth. So it was, it was one of those. And I was more it's mad. Pretty, at, I was more mad at myself for doing that. It's so hard with leg locks because it only takes, you know, the legs set up as far as you controlling their legs with your legs and controlling their body position is one element of it. And then the other element is your upper body and what you're going to do as far as grabbing either, you know, for that heel hook, hooking the heel with your arms and pulling or setting it up where you're grabbing the ankle area for the knee bars or whatever it's going to be. So there's so many elements going on only takes that quick second for it to go from oh he doesn't have it to oh it's on that's going to be tight yeah. because that's really you know when you're feeling it when, when how many times you've been in a heel hook and you go it's nothing it's nothing ah yeah it's funny you said because i thought we talked about it last week with uh, thomas dion i was cornering him one time and the guy and he took the guy down the guy swung for the leg lock and he and i was t as i'm telling him just kick out and get away just get up get back to your feet he's like oh i'm good i'm good second later he's tapping that's how yeah. fast it is with the leg locks. The, the, uh -huh. the issue that I had, the same mistake that Ed made, wasn't the same mistake that John Fitch made, but they've got, like, John could have came up, and we'll talk about the John fight, but John and Ed kind of made similar mistakes, but in different directions. Different John ways, laid yeah. back, and Ed went forward. Ed went over the body, which that then gave uh, all the hip mobility to uh, Taylor Johnson to go ahead and break his balance instead of tripoding up and putting the bottom of his foot to the ground and then being able to push the knees and the feet down the leg so he could try to clear his heel and get out from there or at least clear his knee so then his his knee and his ankle weren't in jeopardy of getting locked and he didn't do that I thought it was a great performance by uh, Taylor and uh, it was I was it was awesome to see man I thought it was awesome you know and we talked so many times about Ed Ruth and here's a guy three-time NC2A champion, doesn't use his wrestling. And he came out. Yes. And he did exactly what we've said 
he needed to do on a lot of these fights and he went for that takedown and stuff and so you look and you go we have no fucking clue what we're talking about yeah yeah it's, it's true <laughs> just yeah. well it's true though but we've been trying to get on him forever about about wrestling you know in aka because you know uh that's where ed trains at we've been trying to yeah. get on him forever about it and i think this time he saw some of the past fights that taylor had fought and he saw how aggressive he was with his hands and he thought maybe if i wrestle him a little bit from this position wear slow him down. him down wear him down let his take some steam off of his punches they probably went back through and watched his contender series fight and saw that you know it like if you get in there, if you can take some of his abuse, this kind of stuff, you'll be able to last and make a mistake and he could probably sub him. I thought maybe that's what they were thinking. And I, even though he's managed and trained by our guys, I don't do a lot of talking um, to them about what the game plan is because I don't want to, I don't want to be in there um, saying it and then losing, you know, losing my relationship with other people. Yeah, so. absolutely. <clears throat> um, but I was very impressed with him and I hope we did sign him to a long-term deal because they did i think he yeah they did because i did. i think i think he is uh someone that he's, he's just good. gonna be fun he's just gonna be fun yep. to have even if even if he never becomes a world champion which he there's a good chance he may but i'm saying even if he doesn't he's still fun to have on the roster still still action-packed still wants to get after it and you know and uh he's, you know he's how old is he that, 29 years old right in the middle the of his big, prime big difference that he goes for it yes you know, when he goes, he goes, and he, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for that guy that is not looking to control. He is looking to finish. Right. That's obviously what Taylor Johnson is looking to do, and that makes him fun. Yeah, can so. you scroll uh, up on his, <clears throat> on his, yeah. So look at all these fights. What is he, six and one? Six and one. Five and mm -hmm. six and one. His one loss is to, how do you say his last name, Muniz? Muniz. Muniz. So his Muniz. one loss is there, but he all of his fights, nothing past the second round. All yeah. of them, all of them are first round. He's either finished you. Well, he's got one finish in, in uh, eight seconds. He's got he's got two finishes or one finish at thirty six seconds, and the other one at one minute thirty six seconds. And then he's got another finish in the first round by punches. All of them by TKO eight seconds. and KOs. Eight seconds, yeah. a minute thirty four by TKO, two forty three by TKO. He's got some. He's obviously got some dogs in his hands, man. I was watching his his videos <clears throat> before we he was on the card and i'm like wow man this he's gonna be very dangerous for ed to deal with and the fact that ed was going up to 185 instead of fighting at 170 i was like man i don't know how it's gonna work you know this it's gonna be tough for ed but i thought he, i thought ed should have stood a little bit more um and saw kind of what he did because when i had talked to taylor he had said basically he goes <clears throat> excuse me he said he's like i know that ed is tough i know he's got good wrestling he's like i'm not gonna rush in on him and Ed didn't, and he didn't have to. Ed came yeah, out and rushed in on Ed him. Rushed in on him. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> which, which actually probably kind of caught Taylor a little off guard because yeah. Ed's never rushed anything really, except if you go to his first fights. Yeah. You know, lately, in his last, you know, seven eight fights, everything is about being relaxed and taking mm -hmm. his time. And he goes out and doesn't doesn't do anything fast or with any kind of urgency. That's not who Ed is, but yeah, yeah. I think I actually think that the weight class at 185 is a better weight class for Ed. I think he's going to perform better at that weight class. I think he has the strength. It's just you know, he ran into someone that you know that knowledge base. Yeah, you know, it's not that Ed doesn't understand the leg game, but he doesn't understand the leg game at the level that his opponent was able to apply it. Yeah, and people, the people, people need to remember his very first fight was in Bellator. 
he didn't he didn't have any amateur fights. He didn't have any no regional. Yeah, no regional fights. He didn't fight in King of the Cage. He didn't he didn't have any chance to get his feet wet at all. He just he came straight in like an Aaron Pico. They signed him right out of college and just said, Hey, ready to fight? And he's like, Yeah. And so they gave him six months of training and he jumped in there. So what he yep. did early in his career was is phenomenal. But like now we're getting into those upper guys where they've they're technical with the leg lock situations here. And those are things he's gonna have to work on. But what I will say about Ed Ruth is this is that he he does enjoy training. He loves training. He loves like he's a purple belt now in jujitsu. But he when he first started, he just put a gi on and he started training. So he's really, he's really young in the sport. And the fact that he's eight and three, I know he's not perfect anymore. It's three losses. And uh but look who he's lost to. He lost to Euroslav Amosov, you know, and he's lost to Taylor Johnson. Neiman Gracie and Taylor Johnson. Yeah, and and and, and Neiman Gracie. It's Neiman, by the way. We are freaking idiots. <laughs> I have known him for a long time, and the only name I have ever used is Neiman. Okay. And he's never corrected me once. It's because he's a I'm gentleman. Going with Neiman. Exactly. He's a he is. He's a gentleman. <laughs> he, he, he tries to make and sure he, that his old people feel okay. And he okay. calls me Yon. He calls you what? Yon. 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 <laughs> Yon. And I don't Yon. correct him. <laughs> uh, I ran into Henzo Gracie. Um, you know, uh, I was like, walking past one of the restaurants in the, in the casino uh, after the fights, after before he had fought, but it was after the night before fights. So the Friday night fights. And Henzo said, you just don't understand. He's, he's different now. And I'm like, what do you mean he's different? He's like, well, after he lost to Rory, he just, he just, his, something happened to him. He just matured as a person, as a human, not even as a fighter, just, he yeah. just matured as a human being because it's, it's so great. Everybody in the gym has talked about, you know, and Henzo's got a great program there with John Danaher and those guys, but he just said, man, talks about how great he is and this and that. And he said how, how, how much he's uh, matured since the, the Roy McDonald fight. What's going on here, Dave? Sorry, I um, opened something. Don't worry about it. I'll get back. Okay, so are we all good? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Sorry, I just saw some pages flipping around. And all right. So then we also had the debut mm-hmm. of the Alpha Cat, Kat Zingano. And I thought she actually, you know, there were, there was some moments in that third round where you're looking at, ooh, you know, not doing exactly the way I would like to see her do it. But I, I thought she really performed well coming off of that long layoff. Two years and, off, uh, right? Yeah, and having all kinds of, you know, health issues, uh, having some surgeries to take care of those health issues, getting herself back. You know, Gabby has never been stopped. And, you know, people can look and say, oh, I don't think she's that good. She's tough, man. She is strong. She is tough. She will not quit. And she's been in against some really good competition. So you're saying, yeah, she's got some losses, but look who she's lost to. And not one person has been able to stop her. And a lot of her losses are split decision losses. So, mm. you know, I thought it was, I personally thought it was important for Kat not to get her out of there fast, to get some time in the cage, to have minutes played out without taking damage. If you can do that, because those minutes are going to make you feel more comfortable. You're going to feel like you're back. You're going to start doing techniques a certain way. I thought overall, it was a good performance for Kat coming off of that long layoff. Yeah, I thought so as well. Um, I differ with Except you. Except for the mount position. Excuse yeah, me. and that, that's the thing is, <laughs> I differ. I differ with you on you know getting the minutes in there because in the situations like you see, with um, what happened in the third round where she got mounted. I mean, that could have yeah. changed the fight. It's like, yeah, we're Absolutely. all for it when you're fully dominating and controlling, which she was in the first two rounds. But the problem was in the third round, she tried to she tried to rush a, a takedown, and Gabby stepped over and went. She fell right in the mount. 
And that was just one of those positions now where you could tell she hadn't been there in a long time. Like the things that she either she remembered how to do escape there or not, but just wasn't there. The cage awareness, all those things. I mean, she needs to go back, I think, into her her training and be like, okay, look, when I'm, I'm this close to the cage, put my feet to the cage while walking Turn. up real fast. Uh, we saw, uh, it, was it Peter Stanonik who did it against Raymond? No, no. Somebody did it. No, Ty Gwerder. Ty, Ty Gwerder. Oh, that was a great fight. We'll get into that one too. But he did a great <laughs> job of while walking off of the cage and exploding Beautiful. out of the back door and phenomenal. And he, his feet were actually further away than Kat's were from the fence. And Kat didn't use that, that exchange, um, that escape. So there's there's things in there that she can work on. I agree that yeah, there's just nice to get a little little bit of time in there, more than like a minute or two or four minutes. But after that first round, let's get the heck out of there, man. We're not getting paid by the minute. So you can get you can get some rounds inside the inside the practice room where you know it doesn't count on your record. As long as you're not getting damaged, the yeah. minutes are okay. That's true. If you start getting damaged, then the minutes are bad. Why does she want to come in and fight at forty five rather than thirty five? Uh, mainly because Bellator doesn't have a 35-pound class. Think about it, Dave. <sighs> no, yeah. but come on, man. No, <laughs> no. Well, here, wouldn't I, they want to make her either like either make her a champ at 35 and then give some more opportunity, or she would drop 25? Yeah, she's gonna get smashed by Cyborg, and she's 38 years old. She's yeah, you have to remember champion. this though too: is that Bellator's not in the business of trying to make people champions, and. <laughs> You know, the U the UFC, I mean, even though it maybe sometimes it does seem like for both promotions that of course they would like to guide those people there in that direction. And that's that's smart business practice. But they they're not in the business of making people become champions. <clears throat> you know, um and so it, as much as that's true, I think we will eventually line up the one thirty five pound weight class. But right now when we had talked with Rich Chow and Kogan and those guys, you know, for for Bellator, the more weight classes you have, the more I don't want to say more problems you have, but like it's not just for women, but for all of the sports, the more weight classes you have, the more fighters you have. And then also just the more headaches you have because fighters are nothing but headaches. And let's be honest, because <laughs> I was one of them for a long time. <laughs> we could be a fucking pain in the ass. Oh, I'm going to say yes. You yeah, can. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> so, so more focused on Kat then what's your thought on her coming in at 45? Because there's no way she's beating Cyborg and she's probably got a couple of years left. Whoa, look at the big I mean, mouth. On day, yeah. no I mean, way. I mean, are you are you disputing that? No, I. But here's the thing: it is it is a fight, and anything can happen. The other thing as well is that Cyborg's got a fight lined up already, and she's got a tough fight. We'll see what happens there. The other yep. thing as well is that when Cat had came into the organization, she had basically said like, "Hey, I'm weighing about 155, 154 right now, and I, I'll probably fight at 45." She may try to make the cut down to 25 eventually. But at no 38 way. years old, I don't think she should. But she has, she has. When I was talking to her, she said 135 would be perfect, and I could see yeah. that maybe I would. They wouldn't start a weight class for her. But we, Bellator is also very good at just doing catch weights, knowing that if it's not for a title, what's the point? Like just match up people to fight. Like now, if you're gonna fight Cyborg, it's got to be at 145. You know, and if yeah. you want to fight Alimale, yeah, if you want to fight Alimale, it's got to be, be 125. And there's no way around that. So if you're not fighting for the title, then what's the point of having them cut weight or anything? Along as long as you're the same weight, it doesn't matter which weight that is. But then doesn't that affect the ability to say that you're building a weight class because you're not fighting at the weight that you eventually intend to fight for a title? At? No. Here, I want you to think of it this way, Dave. I, as a business person, because every promotion, be it Bellator, the UFC, LFA, whoever it's going to be, you're in business to create certain things. You want to create what you think are going to be fights that fans are going to like. You want to have competitive fights. So 
when you take a look and, and Bellator would have the same problem that the UFC is having in reverse, take a look at the UFC's featherweight division for women. Who do they have? Right now, they have their champion, Amanda Nunez, fantastic. They have uh, Felicia Spencer, who Amanda just dominated in a five-round fight. So really, she's not competitive with the champion right now. You can't bring her back for a fight. And they have Megan Anderson, who Amanda's going to be fighting. That's really all they have in the 145-pound division. Now, they have their 135, which, again, Amanda's the champion. But then they have a lot of ladies that are in that weight class. But what happens is you start to open up more weight classes. Now you start to diminish your weight classes as far as who's going to fight where and who will fight who. Because you'll get some some of the women are going to want to move up to 145 and be in the 145. Some want to stay in the 135 and stay there. Now those are ones that if they want to be in the 145 and the other one wants to be in the 135, you can't match them up because they go, no, that's not my weight class. Yeah, And that's just the way it is for matchmakers. Matchmakers are the ones that want as few weight classes as possible because they're the ones that have a hard time with more weight classes become more problems for them. And it's understandable. And Kat is in a position where if you're Bellator, you're looking to say, hey, we have 145 and we have the best 145 pound division in MMA for women. But we don't have 135 pound. UFC has the best 135 pound division for women and you can look and say am i going to try to build a division around a fighter that's 38 years of age that doesn't make sense no so you want to fight i would love to have you fight my promotion but you're going to have to fight where i have other fighters to match you up and that's the weight class of featherweight and you know that's just the decision that the the individual fighters got to make am i going to go up and wait to fight there or am i going to try to find a place that will take me that i can make the money i want and be at 135 sounds like bad discipline for the athlete though does it not that they're not they're only going to drop to the weight for the title rather than like trying to make that weight and compete in that way let me ask you this yeah let me ask you this is is it the promotion's job to to discipline the, the athletes or to like make sure that they're on structure if they may they, they sign a contract to fight and as much as i'm always on a fighter's um side to like over the promotion the one thing the fighters needs to do is fucking honor the the contract and like whatever they agree to weigh in at they need to make that weight whatever they and that's the issue and like, when they don't make the weight it's no one's fault but theirs it's not the promotion's fault it's not the coach's fault it's no it's their fault we had some fighters that didn't make weight this week and i was like and they miss it by fucking a lot five six pounds is a yeah. lot of gabby holloway being one of them yeah Kat's opponent and the fact that yeah she uh cat's opponent the fact that she missed it by that much i'm like just unprofessional it's just very unprofessional and like i i actually had talked to i was like it's just it's so unprofessional we got to start thinking about hey We'll give you the one time of doing this, but if you do it again, like we just start thinking about cutting you guys. Yeah, bye. Like if you can't, if you, you're the one that agreed to the way, and if this is what makes it even worse. Bellator is very open about like, hey, if you can't, you don't think you can make the weight, let's just go ahead oh. and call it 140, 148 or 150 or one, you know, 137. Like, let's not, let's not say that you can make 135 when you can't make or 145 and you can't make it. Let's call it 151. Let's call it 150. They're, they can they can adjust the contracts to whatever they want as long as it's not for yeah. their title. Yeah, so. that's it. And you're, you're looking at, I want you to think about this, Dave. When you have fighters in there, you know, when Josh, 
was fighting and he he weighed in at 155 pounds. Do you think he's stepping into that ring at 155 pounds? No. No, he's stepping in at 170, 171, 172. While other guys weigh in at 155 and they're stepping into the the cage at 183. You know, Max Holloway weighs 145. He he weighs in at 145 and the night of the fight, one of the ones I did, he was 178. So when you're thinking about weight, it's about do they match up with their opponent? Mm -hmm. The only reason the weight matters is because you have a title attached to it. So when you have a champion, you have, we'll say, you know, what we're talking about, Chris Cyborg at 145 pounds, or you have Alima Le McFarlane at 125 pounds, you're not going to tell Alima Le, okay, we'll do a fight at 130. No, she has a title that's at 125. She's going to make that weight, and her opponent's going to make that weight because I'm doing a championship fight, and under the rules of MMA, both fighters must, match that weight and they cannot even get that one pound allowance when you're the champion and you're the champion of the 155 pound weight class you don't get to weigh in at 155.1 you must weigh in at 155.0 or less you don't get that allowance so that's because it's a championship fight any other time they give you a one pound allowance that's how little it matter yeah the other time the other thing as well is that when it's for the title i don't know if it's still in play but when i was when i had fought gil the first time and even the second time they for a title shot you're only allowed to, to weigh one time you yep. weren't you weren't well, allowed that's to, the, that depends on the state and you were that you were in california yes. a lot and that was california's yes. rule that's yeah I, that's what i was told i heard i heard it was the same in chicago as well they, illinois I, got the same thing other yeah. states are different they'll give a, they'll give a one hour or two hour allowance for you to lose yeah but california was a kid one shot to get on the california scale and make weight. championship championship fight you had that time that you stepped up on it that would suck because the scale could be wrong <laughs> oh it's not good yeah or you could be daniel cormier and just bring a talent put your hands oh, on it that would you weigh whatever you want low blow <laughs> the only other <laughs> argument i would make there is um is that your title fights would probably be that's that's your biggest fight right your title fights are your biggest fight so if your guy is always fighting at 165 right and then he, he's winning smashing guys and then he's he's walking around at that kind of weight that he can make 65 at right so i don't know what's the rule of thumb like 20 pounds over so 185 is that a rule of thumb i don't know but, yeah, it's like using your arm 20 pounds um so so then when you're saying when he's like cool i've been smashing all these guys let me fight for the title at 55 and you've never seen him make that weight doesn't that a become alarming and b put a title fight at risk when that's probably your biggest selling fight well you can also think of you as the promotion you have that guy that has been fighting at 165 for all these times, and he's walking around at, we'll say, 185, and you, as the promotion, don't have to sign him to a 155-pound fight. You, as the matchmaker or the promoter, can go, hey, until I see that you yeah. can actually make that weight, I'm not going to sign you to a fight at it. Yeah, I You're going to have to fight at 170. Yeah, I don't think any fighter, I don't think any promotion is going to do what you're talking about, though, Dave. That'd be, I can't, first off, he would have probably came into the promotion fighting at 155 because they would have signed him to fight at 155. If not, they would have signed him to fight at 170. So I understand what you're saying. Then after a, like a fight or two, like Ed Ruth, he's like, yeah, I'm not going to fight at 85 anymore because he came into the promotion at 85. Let me go to 70. Then he went down to 70, fought a couple of times. They knew he could make the weight. And then after that, he's like, you know what? I feel better at 85. I'm going to go back up to 85. You know, so he can he could he could also make the adjustments now of just fighting in the middle somewhere. I mean, like, hey, if my as long as my opponent's okay with it, we can agree upon a weight and do it again. You know, uh, what do you think? Okay, so next fight. Uh, next was fight was Phil Davis and Machida. Yeah. 
yeah. You know, I always look when you have this kind of fight. This is a difficult fight. This this kind of fight reminds me of like when you have who was it? Darren Till fought uh, Whitaker, mm-hmm. and you know there was a lot going on in that fight, and there was a lot actually going on in this fight with Phil Davis and Machida. But it's not things that fans want to see in either one because. There's so many feints going on, so many setups, so many traps trying to be set. It's a game of chess. And it's mentally, as the fighter, it's draining because you're you're trying to do so much and catch him and, and not get caught by them that it's not so much the action of motion and movement physically. It's the mental process that you're going through in this fight that makes this a very hard fight that you know that fighting machida machida is just tough to fight he isn't yeah you know, I, I don't want to say awkward because he's not awkward but he's awkward to fight you know the way the way he st- he has his stance the things that he does he just creates problems for you where and i thought you did a really good job i don't want to say that but i will on your etch a sketch <laughs> when you pointed out just that little bit there was nothing that happened he switched his feet and then he switched his feet back but you see Gegard Mousasi at a certain point actually disengage and reset because he's getting confused by what he's being you know, shown by Lyoto. And it's like, I, I, I need to reset. I, I don't want to be this close now. And so nothing was thrown, but he resets. And that's what Lyoto does. I actually thought that Phil Davis fought a really good fight overall. Very controlled, very within a certain element of, I don't want to overextend. And when he had his moments, he used that front teep in the first and second round beautifully. And I thought that was the difference in the fight. I thought that that front kick to the solar plexus was what, in the end, created that situation where he was able to get other shots, create problems for Machida, and they were some of the better shots that he landed throughout the fight, just not in the third round. Yeah, he, kind of went he, away from he it. said he got away from it because he just said he didn't feel as comfortable because Machida kept going to the inside leg kick after him. And after. he was getting his leg eaten up. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, you got one round left, but you were having some success with it. And every time I saw him landing in the first two rounds, it was throwing Machida off. Like his mind, yep. he, he just wasn't the same. He was like, wait a second. It's not only me, t- you know, toe-kicking guys to the <laughs> belly that, yeah. or kicking yeah. you to the body. Like if you saw my the replay with the Chael Sonnen, like it just – you can saw a chill walk through his body kicks, but then he went through the flying knee. It was those were things that Machida normally does to people, and he was having it done to him. He's like, "This isn't supposed to be happening," and uh, he, there was a lot of success for Phil in that area as well. Um, and I liked, uh, and and I, I didn't like your etch your etch sketch at all with the little loopy arrows and this and that. But <laughs> but it but it is true. Phil does have he has really long arms. And he does come around the guard. It kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Rich Franklin. Remember how Rich Franklin used to fight? He would like yep. kind of throw his right hook because he was southpaw. He would throw his right hook around the guard of when people would put their yep. hands directly up in front. Peekaboo, peekaboo. Yeah, and he would just come around this way. Yep. And he would. And he had a lot of success that way. If you look at Nate Quarry when he fought him, he threw the little right hook real quick and then straight down the middle with the left hook because I think Nate knew that that kind of defense or that kind of punch was coming. So he left his guard open to block the hook and – that was the end of it all. I mean, but Phil does something very similar to that too when he comes around with those little punches, and they're not little; they're, they're, they're they land pretty hard. But he was—I uh, thought he had the, a lot of success with the with the push kick, and I'm surprised not one takedown attempt. Not well, the one. one he had one. 
Did he? Yeah, when he, it was a slip. It was second round. What kind of was? It but was then he went in. He went in to try to take him down. Got off it. Him, so. Got it. Okay. But yeah, I mean, you're, and you look and you know, the guys that Machida tends to eat up. You know, he, he's like the wrestler killer when you think about it, because wrestlers become aggressive. Mm-hmm. You know, and you look at the style that you know the last wrestler that he fought was Chael. You know, he had Gegard after that, but he fought Chael. And you look at, you know, the pressure that Chael tried to put on him in that. And, you know, he, Chael ate a lot of shots in the first round. And in the second round, the knee came up right away. But that's what he does when you bring a lot of pressure to him. He counters that pressure very well. That's what, that's where he excels. And so when you're, when you're Phil Davis, you got to look and say, I can't do those things because then I'm feeding into what he does well. And I thought overall, Phil fought a very, disciplined and smart fight yeah I, every time i watch machida there's certain things that i think about him and stuff one of them is bj penn fought this guy how in the yeah. hell did bj penn fight this guy? i'm serious you remember back when he yes. did that it was in heroes yep i do remember uh, that bj was BJ, BJ was like nine nine and one at the time he was 190 pounds professional leoto was 225 yeah. 222 i think 225 yeah. yeah i think but leoto had about five professional fights yeah you know but it was like, how in the hell did BJ Penn fight this guy? It's crazy. Yeah, get back in. What was it? To March of 2005. Jeez. God damn. Yep. Crazy. K1 Heroes. Yeah. I remember that. BJ had actually just left uh, AKA. He was training with us for all of his previous fights up until the Jens Pulver fight. He had just left. And I think he fought Dwayne Ludwig, Leota Machida, and the K1 Heroes. Yep. Those were his fights. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Leota, and then but Leota was also a lot thicker, a lot bigger back then. Like he's no, oh, he two hundred twenty-five pounds. Yeah, and he looked, yeah. he looked like, but he looked he a little like, chubby, a little chubby. He, yeah. he, he was a, little, he was a little rounder. <laughs> nothing wrong, with, nothing wrong with the roundness, brother. Let me tell you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, yeah. you carry it well. Rounded, smooth. <laughs> rounded, rounded is a shape. <laughs> That's right. Round is a shape. Uh, but uh, look, I mean, I, I just here's the thing: is I feel bad for. I don't feel bad for Phil. What I should say is Phil has a tendency to have to fight guys in a way that will slow them down. Like when he fought Ryan Bader, when he fought Leoto, it's just like, oh man. So when you get into these fights, it's it, his fights sometimes don't end up being what they could be. Real exciting. Yeah. But when, yeah, he, when but he he's fought, had some really good ones. Yeah, he's had some great ones. The, the Liam McGeary fight was good. The um, what was the other one? Both with, uh, Liam McGeary fights. Yes. With uh, what's his name? Um, Lynn Vassell. Lynn Vassell. That was a beautiful fight. fight. As well, his fight against Nemkov. You look at that third round, man. Yeah, yep. He was coming on in that, you know. So well, here. So, so what do we do now? Do we go? What does Bellator do? Do they push him? Do they push? I think they put Phil with Nemkov, and I think they Could. put and they put Leoto with maybe Corey Anderson, or you put, or you. Put, I don't even know who else would be next there. I don't know if you're Corey Anderson, you want to come in and your first fight's against Leoto. Ooh, that is a, that's a hard package because it's yeah. so different. And this is one of those ones where who do you find out in your stable of fighters that you work out with or anywhere else that actually matches up with what Leoto does? Yeah. So it's very difficult to prepare for someone when you can't get somebody in the gym doing rounds with you that mimics what this guy does and how he does it. That makes it hard. So I'm not saying Corey can't do it. I'm just saying when you're saying that's your first fight in the, in the promotion, it's like, well, damn, man, 
Can you give me someone that's a little more, you know, normal? 205, right? 205, yep. Let me see. I'm not sure a lot. I'd like to see Alex. I, I, I really say Polizzi. Alex Polizzi, man. Easy Polizzi had a great fight. Yeah. Looked really good against the next champion in Cavallo. And I, Corey Anderson, that would be a good fight. Yeah. That would be a fun fight. Yeah. Him. I mean, I could see maybe Liam McGeary. Liam. Yeah. Um, good. Lee Chadwick's not bad either. He's got a lot of fights. Or Julius. Julius Anglicus, uh -huh. man, you talk about a dude that is huge at light heavyweight. Hmm. He, that dude, he doesn't have an ounce of fat on him. He is a stud. So either Julius Anglicus or Carl Albrechtson is another one yes. you could bring in against Corey coming in. So it, it, there, there is, there's, there's a lot there that you can look at and say we can do this matchup, and then give Phil Davis that rematch with Nemkov and let's see if he can get that title back yeah I think Nemkov and Davis in the end we're gonna see more than one more fight out of these guys because mm -hmm. they match up really well yeah yeah I think stylistically like he I don't even know what's going on with Rafael Cavallo he just needs to he needs to figure it out whatever something's not something's going on with his training because it's not on it's not on par right now no nah, he just hasn't did, been on par you know you talk about looking softer and not looking like he was yeah. training hard stuff just didn't look good and then he wasn't able to respond yeah. wasn't able to to do anything that you would expect him to try to do in that fight in the third round started to try to march please down please walked through it did what he did got his wrestling going took a nice win there is a guy i know a guy there I is know a guy there is a guy that has been talking about going to 205 instead of being at 185 and that would be uh, Fabian Edwards. And that would yeah. make for a fun fight on because Fabian's so hard to get in on the takedowns. And he's so fast, so explosive. With, like He's very similar to his brother. But he's not as well-versed on the ground as his brother. But, man, he's good. He's he's really good. But I, Isn't I Fabian Edwards lined up to fight Van Stenis? And that's going to be a whoo. But Fabian that's Edwards is 9-0. He's 9-0. But there has been some talk of him going up to going up to 205 he's he definitely big enough yeah he is yeah he is He's definitely big enough so yep you know but good stuff i mean there, there's guys there that can be uh that can that could be put there in front of him but i i do i think i think we're gonna end up with a couple more signings here and there coming up and ooh, everyone's gonna have their hands full so <laughs> here everyone's gonna have their hands full. good let's it's talk good. about second night let's talk Oh, there wait, wait, go, go, sorry, going. sorry. Let's go back to the first fight. First, first okay, night. What? There Which was one? one fight that I wanted to talk about. Damn but you man. can't remember what it is? Nah, I want to say it was the Leslie C Smith one. T yeah, CTE. <laughs> I want to say it was the Leslie <laughs> Smith one, but that was one other fight on there. Maybe maybe it was. Got it loading right now. Sorry. Yeah, I can see that. Can't believe your brain, man. Gotta fix that thing. Gotta train it better. Read some books, man. If, um, you, if you can read. What the hell did you just say? Read some books, man. <laughs> right, he said he wants you to get on the oh, on alpha oh, brain. Keith Lee. I wanted to talk about Keith Lee. Oh God, he looked. Yeah, good. I wanted to talk about him. I was like, man, there was no, there was a fight in there that I wanted to talk about. Keith Lee. 
I thought he looked Damn. great. Kevin Lee's brother? Yes. My, my beast are passing Kevin Lee. It, he looked phenomenal. He looked amazing. Oh. Stick and move. Good takedowns. Like good Fast. footwork. Explosive. Fast. Put his combinations together. He was like, he was going to the body, then coming back up top to the head. I thought he looked phenomenal. Um, you know, when he fight when he fought. Zenny's very tough. Like he just comes forward, oh, big and punches, has a granite chin. Granite. I, I was, dude, I was really shocked. The shock. He the took a he chin taking. to the yeah. chin. Wow, dude, straight out that chin landed right in the middle of his chin, and he just took a step back and came forward. It reminded me of Rampage Jackson when I first watched him against Marvin Eastman. I was like, Yeah. Oh damn, you just don't do that. I'm sure. I'm sure Keith Lee had to look and go like, Are you kidding me? Wow. I know that hurt. That hurt my shin. Uh, well, what do what do we do with him with him from here? I mean, Keith Lee's got to go probably right up to I. You know, let's talk about him and maybe Josh Hill. Oh, don't uh, not yet, not yet. Nah, man, Josh Hill's got a lot of experience. He's good, He's good. He's really but I would good. say there's certain guys, and, and and you know, this is where matchmaking becomes more difficult in these times because of the COVID and everything. Mm -hmm. Where you can't utilize a lot of the guys that you have yeah. on your roster because there's guys like, uh, you know, more from SBG. I would really like to see him uh, against Keith Lee. Toby Misich would be another one that would be really fun. But Brian Moore is the guy that I think style-wise, mm -hmm. Brian Moore and Keith Lee, that would be a good fight. You also got Rafion Stotts. Yeah, I wouldn't do that to him. Not right now. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do, do that, that to him. So scroll that back can up. Why. There was a guy up there that I was looking at. Like Brian Moore is definitely in that. Um, Brian Moore would be fun because yeah, Brian Bri comes after you. Brian Moore, and then uh, I just saw. Oh, and I know, I know, I know he's not a big name, but stylistically, it'd be for a fun fight. Mike Kimball. But I'm saying he's not. It's not. It's not fair to Keith Lee because he's on a winning streak, whereas Kimball's, yeah, was, Kimball's lost. I think two now, two in a row, or. Uh, right now, I don't yeah. think Kimball wants that fight. But that, but that to me would be a fun fight because they're both fast and explosive. Oh, it would be Keith, fun. Yeah, but I think super Keith, athletic. Keith Lee would come out on top, I think, but it would still be a fun fight. Yeah, but um, but yeah, you wouldn't want to go backwards for for that fight, to be honest. Yeah. Dun, dun, He's looking dun, dun. good, and he, and you can see the improvement. You know. What's he on as far as a win streak? It's got to be. He's on what a five or four, a four, four fight win four streak. Fight four win fight. Streak, yeah. yeah. Because I know he had the two fights in between where he, he had losses, but yeah. four fight win streak. Now he's in a rhythm, man. You can see yeah. it. And he's, just when you're watching him, you can see how relaxed he is, the comfort level in the cage. You know, he's looking really good. Really yeah. good. If I was going to match him up, because we already know that he goes matched up with someone, so it won't be he go. Uh, I would say probably Josh Hill, but that'd be an extremely tough fight for him. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. do that to him right now. I can see maybe a James Gallagher, but I just don't know if he would do that because uh, James also, what is he, 10 and 1? So that, I mean, but Cal Eleanor and James Gallagher are supposed to fight. Uh, but I think. Cass Bell. Cass Bell. Cass Bell would be a good one. You know, um, Cass, Cass Bell's got long, good wrestling. Big. He's big. Yep. He's long. He's got good wrestling. Yeah. You know, so there's guys in there. There's guys in that way. So I, I feel like our 35 pound weight class is tough. It's really, oh, it's tough. really, and it, and it's it has fun. really, really gotten better over the last couple of months. Yeah. So good stuff. And then we had the championship fight. So yeah, the next night. So yeah, we'll you Juan Archuleta. Woo -woo. Good stuff. Let's talk man. about that Let's fight. Talk Let's about go it. straight to that one because okay. that one was. I love that fight. Yes. I thought, man, you when you know we talk all the time. You know, and you and I are just. That's all we do is bullshit about fights all the time. We're but, nerds, man. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, <laughs> fucking A, we are. nerds, I swear. 
but it's a, I'm a good nerd because this is, you know, <laughs> this is important shit, man. Oh, geez. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's, it really is. It really is. I got to tell you, we, I, we get a lot of compliments about, um, you know, like about our fight analysis and not, not just about a podcast, but like in the way we break down fights for the, for Bellator as well. So a lot of people have been loving how we break it down, which, and we also have a lot of fun because, you know, I like to pick That's on all you. we do. I like to pick on you. And well, actually, we oh, both yeah. like to pick on Goldie, which is well, fun. Well, I was going to say, boy, and it really affects me because I don't, I never come back. With yeah. Anything. Well, <laughs> that's going to, that, I'm just so, uh, yeah. I mean, like, I, I hope, I hope Moro can take the abuse I'm going to give him when we do a show with Moro. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, Moro. Oh, I love Moro, man. But he's awesome. I hope he can take it. <laughs> but um, the fight between, Juan Archuleta and Patchy Mix, man, you talk about everything in that because we talk all the time about confidence. You got to be confident as a fighter. Confidence makes you dangerous. Then we talk about fight IQ all the time and, and doing the right things and understanding the maturity of a fighter that has you know a lot of fights under their belt compared to that young guy that has got this great record but doesn't have near the the competition experience or the level of competitive experience against these guys that end up making you better there's times when you lose the fight but that fight makes you better in the future and i i look at what and in fact i you know it's uh i was texting with juan archuleta after the fight and said man i know that that fight against you know patricio pitbull frustrated you and you were crushed that you lost it he said you learned from it it made you better and it's the reason that you won that fight tonight. And it really was because yeah. he understood after fighting Pitbull, Pitbull didn't come out and go after killing him and trying to get him out of the first round. Pitbull's going to sit there and say, I'm going to make you fight my fight. If I take five rounds to beat you, then I take five rounds to beat you. doesn't matter because I'm going to walk out of here as the winner. Mm -hmm. And Juan Archuleta learned from that. And the game plan that he and his team came up with was perfect. They knew that Patchy was going to be tough. They knew he was going to get to the body lock. They knew that he was going to try to take him down. They knew when he got to the ground, he was going to switch to the back like the figure four. They knew all that stuff, and it was all about, all right, we're going to take and just slowly try to diminish him in his capabilities of getting to those positions. I'm going to punch holes in his gas tank by going to the body as often as I can. And I know that I need to drag this guy into deeper waters so that when it gets to a point where in the fifth round, now we're back to even, and then I drowned him. And that's exactly what happened. But then I also go with patchy mix. Josh, I was so impressed. I no, thought he would get tired. Yep. So impressed that he was still going, especially after those body after, shots. Oh, dude, because you know, okay, there's a reason why I am gaining this large thing around my belly. It's like a bumper. <laughs> you and Dave both. You and Dave both. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, seriously, if you've ever been hit to the body good and you get a guy that goes to your body and you really just can't, and, and they just add up to the point, eventually you can't breathe normal. And that starts to take all of your energy away. Man, all the shots he took, and some of them you could see when they hurt him. Oh, yeah. But he still was coming. He still was going after him. He just, his footwork was the problem in this fight. 
Well, what I liked was even when he did get hit with the hard body shot, that Juan didn't overreact. And because yep. Patchy would either back away or Patchy would try to like hunker down and kind of still walk forward, that Juan didn't stray away from his game plan and try to, oh, I'm going to knock you out and put himself in positions that potentially would have gotten him taken down and his back taken or mounted or anything along those lines of arming guillotine. We've seen Patchy finish within seconds of getting there. Um, and Juan just stayed the course. And that's I, I felt like that was the learning process between the Patricio fight and this fight. Of that, I think he thought Patricio was going to come out and try to finish him and knock him out and get after him. And and he's like, I'll just be here in the in the out on the outskirts of the cage, bouncing around, waiting for you to overcommit. And I'm going to hit you with something and maybe drop you or jump on you or take you down. That wasn't the case. The case in this fight was Juan came out overly aggressive and overcommitted a bunch of times in the first round, got his back taken. Remember, he missed. And the same thing happened in the second round. Came yep. out. And his corners had told him exactly what you and I were saying on the broadcast is he's overcommitting. He's like lunging in. He tried to knock him. He tried to hit him with some big shots. He's jumping in. Patchy ducked under, got right to the takedown, right to the back, jumped to the back, right? It, all these things. He was able to get him down and just work his way up. Mounted him, back took him. Was, spent most of the first two rounds on his back. You know, or in the mount position. So uh, I think Juan, after the second round, had realized that Patchy had spent so much energy trying to get the finish. And that's, I think, where you're going to see the difference between the next time that they fight. Because Patchy, oh, yeah. will, Patchy will be back. For sure, there's no doubt <laughs> in my think? mind that he'll be back. <laughs> um, what it is, is when you have, when you have a fight, a fight, when you fight a five-round fight and you get on the back, he was focusing so much energy on, I got to get to the neck, got to get to the neck. It exhausts you. Sure, the guy defending it exhausts him too. But and and he's in a shittier position, but your your grip your grip fighting your wrist fighting all these things your forearms blow up your shoulders blow up your legs are blown up from that figure four all these things take a toll when you got back to his feet in the third round, it he just wasn't the same fighter I don't I don't even think he shot one takedown in the third round he just kept yeah. trying to walk forward walk forward and that's what I knew I was like he's not just he's not he's just not just tired he can sure he's got good wind he's got good conditioning. But the muscle condition of chasing submissions for so long in the first two rounds and not get anywhere, it made made Patchy start second guessing. Like, am I going to win this fight on the ground? You know, like I, I wasn't able to finish him when I was dry, and I was able to get in there. Like, how am I going to get him down? That's one. Now that we're slippery, how am I going to get him down? Two is when I do get him down, am I going to be able to finish him? You know, and he, instead, instead of saying like, you know what, let me get, let me just get him down. Let me focus on controlling the position, not trying to attack so much. And do, don't worry about attacking the submission. Worry about just making him deal with something yep. that is going to allow you your freedom of movement with your arms is a lot easier than grabbing and pulling and squeezing with your arms because it, one just taxes them, makes them blow up. But the the big difference that I think that uh, you know, and then there's something I want to talk about with this because it, it all comes into play. Patchy is working out at Greg Jackson's in Albuquerque, Jackson Wink. And I think that Greg uh, is definitely going to be in the position of he's going to watch this fight and he's going to see the footwork. Mm -hmm. The footwork was one of the problems that Patchy was having. He was having a hard time. You know, Juan is a guy that switches stance a lot. And you'll see if you go back and watch it, Patchy was getting his feet where his feet were to the inside of Juan, Juan would step outside of his foot continuously and launch that left straight down the middle to the body. And that's why Patchy couldn't stop it. Yeah. He was out of position to stop it based upon his footwork. 
So I think they're going to definitely go back, look at that and figure out, okay, footwork wise, this is what you need to do. We cannot chase people. We cut them off and I cut them off by putting my foot to the outside of theirs. So they feel like they have nowhere to go. The door is closed. Yeah. The other part that I thought was weird was Greg Jackson wasn't in his corner. Think about that. Greg was with uh, Michelle Watterson. No, Greg oh. was there, dude. Greg was with Davion Franklin oh, in the first fight. That's right. Okay. Greg was there, but Greg was not in the corner of Patchy Mix. And that is because, and I found out, uh, Patchy is very loyal to the people that he started with. And those guys tend to corner him in the fight. And I'm all about being loyal, but this is about your career. And sometimes it's those little little difference makers. How much confidence did you have? If you're going and training in a certain location, obviously you're training there for also the, the people there that you're able to you know, spar with and work out with. Yeah. But you're there for the coaches. So if you're going there for the coaches, then you probably need those coaches at least in your corner. So someone, I'm not saying all the guys, but someone's got to be... They, they can get a seat somewhere else and they're not in the corner. He should have had Greg Jackson in his corner. It, it just, that that's the guy you're listening to most of the time in practice. That's the guy you should probably be listening to during the fight. No, I agree. Uh, he, yeah. When you have your top coach or your two top coaches in the gym and they're not in your corner, you got to start thinking like, Hey, what am I doing wrong or what's going yep. on? And especially for a title shot. Oh, dude, I was I'm, I was shocked. I did not bring it up because I did not. I'm looking over there and I and I thought I could bring it up. I'm not gonna bring it. Up. Yeah, I don't want because I don't want to say that, you know that's anything. But afterwards, I'm looking and I'm going. You, you got to think about this. You got to look at this, man. I, I love I love the fact that you're loyal to those guys that you started with. But if those aren't the guys that you're working out with and you're training with and you're listening to in the gym, then. You need to have at least someone from that place that you are training in there helping give you some ideas of what you need to do to be successful in that next round. Yeah. Just just the way I look at it. Yeah, especially when you know you have Greg Jackson who is who is cornered and coached tons of world champions. The very best. And, yeah, the very best. And is still doing it now to this day, obviously. Yep. Um, you got to think, why wasn't he in there? You know, and yep. those are conversation. Maybe, maybe next time we ask him, maybe next time we ask either we oh, call yeah. up Greg and ask Greg, you know, what's going on. Or maybe we talk to, to Patchy. be like, like what was in your mindset? I understand Gotta you have guys me. you work with in the gym and guys that you're close with in the gym or, or trainers you work with and, and stuff inside the gym. But you, you got to kind of put your pride aside sometimes because that little bit of extra knowledge in championship fights goes a long way. And it's just going to be one subtle little thing, you know, keep your foot on the outside. You know, throw your push kick up the middle, um, whatever. Stay long with your jab. That those one little those little things that they the I don't want to say lesser trainers, but the trainers that haven't been put in those championship fights before, they're not used to dealing with. You know, yeah, well, cha not, championship fights are not won with nine, ten, eight, you know, eight percent fight. Johnson, oh, there, there we go. Differences of championship fights are you know, 1%, you know, 0 0.9, 0 0.7, 0 point, little subtle differences are the difference between winning that championship and walking away as the guy that's saying, what happened? Yeah. 
So I don't know. It's, it's something that I'm I'm really kind of you know looking forward to actually asking him. Tell me why. Yeah, he doesn't have to answer me, but I'd really like to know. Good deal. Uh, what was the next fight on there? How come, they, how come they didn't promote this fight? I thought it was like because it, it was a it's a really good title fight, and I just thought I never saw on social media once. Well, because you're kind of a UFC nut hugger. No, so but all dude. you do is watch. <laughs> all you do is that, and like if it has nothing to do with like UFC or WWE, you're like a, you're a true casual. Like and when the questions you ask, it's kind of good okay. because the people like there's a lot of casuals out there that listen to That's our what show. I'm saying. <laughs> And so it's but, good the question. But a lot ask. of them are going to be like, I don't even know Bellator had a show on Saturday night because I I didn't like the like for me it's amazing because how did I not know there was a fight on Saturday night until I text you on Thursday to say are we filming on Saturday night or whenever it was like Thursday or Friday? We talked about the fight on the on the show. No, we didn't. But, yes, we did. But but you know, I'll give you this, Dave. You're right. Yeah, you're right about a lot of it, and and that has to do with. Don't tell him. Look that. at the, eh, no look. <laughs> The UFC is on the big platform. They're on ESPN. Yeah. So anytime you're watching sports, there's a little you know ticker that'll come up, a little box that'll come up, you know, promoting that next fight. And where Bellator was at, based upon Bellator, was with Spike TV, the same as the UFC was with Spike TV at a time. And then Spike TV switched over to the Paramount Network, and that network itself changed from being you know the all male network which spike was supposedly was that's what they were into this movie platform and so bellator was kind of a little bit lost yeah with the paramount network and we did not get the marketing we didn't get that you know that push and all of those ads and things coming out about the next one you didn't see many of them i think that's what you're going to see is a difference now that's why it was bellator just moved over to cbs sports now you'll get more of the same thing that you're seeing with the UFC. No, but specifically on even on Bellator's social media, I only knew that there was a, a Machida and Phil Davis fight. Because, no, they they pumped the Apache fight more than they pumped the Machida and Phil uh, Davis. Oh, fight. Yeah. I went back and looked, and I didn't see a single thing. Really? I don't see anything. I don't know, I don't know if I believe you, but but look, I I, I agree. <laughs> I don't know I, if I, I believe. I don't know if I believe. But the John, but the um. But John did hit the nail on the head. Like, it, we will get a lot more, first off, Paramount didn't give us any replays, didn't do any lead-ups to the to the actual shows. And also, West Coast didn't do it live. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, that's going to be something that's absolutely Horrible. amazing. So yeah, everything, everything will live. be done live. I cannot wait for that. Like, I would get, that's like the number one harp that I think everyone has had with Bellator. It was like, oh, wait, we're watching the show on the West Coast. Oh, wait, it's over? I was like, yeah. and I'm over here posting about who's winning, and people on the West Coast are like, I'm not gonna watch the fights now. Like, it's I already know who won, you know. I mean, <laughs> and so, yeah, it it gets a little frustrating. I think now that'll all be gone because we'll be moving to CBS Sports. Um, I, I we you know, and I, I don't, it's not our new home. I just want people to understand that it's not our new home. It is. It, we will be there, but you know, um, I think there's gonna be multiple homes. It's, so it will not be just. We will not just be on CBS Sports oh, only. Oh, tell us more, Josh. Uh, no, no, just I was, <laughs> yeah, I was just told like you know we were just told like you know it, it's we we will be there, but that's where we will be. But it's it's not. I don't I don't know if we're gonna be there. We're gonna be there for sure. You're not gonna be there exclusively. We're not gonna be there exclusively. I think there's gonna be other platforms that we'll be on as well. You know, like <clears throat> when we originally with Strikeforce, we were on CBS, 
we weren't i don't think we were on cbs sports um maybe maybe they did our replays on there or the challenger series i think were on there but then we were mainly on cbs we were mainly on showtime and so i i think those other platforms may come into play so i don't think i want think they wanted to stay away from them saying this is our new home because i think we will be on other platforms as well so i'm excited man i think there's a lot of things that will come with this on getting pr from cbs getting pr from cbs sports getting pr potentially from showtime and whatever you know cbs also has a very big all access platform that's amazing you know as well which is uh, i think it has just as much if not more viewers than espn's so that's another thing like that their app i think it's called cbs all access or something like that so there's a lot of platforms that are available for for us to move on to as well and and have our fights being featured so that's one thing that i think we're all encouraged by as well as uh, our connection with channel 5 over in the uk which is big and the joining with cbs over there as well so i'm excited i'm pumped for the new the next chapter of what we can do and and uh this is gonna be fun man this is gonna be fun i i wonder what how things will i wonder if things are gonna change at all you know but and see maybe i won't have a job anymore <laughs> but but uh, well but this, you, you keep you keep on freaking trying to beat up nordy you probably uh, won't <laughs> uh that's my boss <laughs> <laughs> or one of my bosses but yeah it was fun it was fun we had some good times um yeah good fights though i thought i thought the one archuleta and patchy mix it lived up to the hype good stuff it was great you saw great you saw a little bit of the the area of patchy mix where he needs to mature and i think he's gonna learn a lot from this fight and just figuring out how to not just stick with the game plan that wasn't working after the second round and fixing it making adjustments using and, and committing more to it there was no doubt he was in shape it was just a matter of oh. I think he got frustrated because some of the things that he was used to working didn't work. And when all when he threw all of his tools out and he didn't have the right thing in the toolbox to fix the problem, he didn't know what to do. That's and, it. and that's kind of what that's kind of what and led you, him into that. And you can't raw dog it. You can't all no. of a sudden start, all right, I'll just show that I'm I'm aggressive and I'm mean. No. Not gonna do it, it's man. It's about work. landing the cleaner shots. It's about no. doing the better work. And I th I honestly think Although I know he never wanted to end up with that loss on his record. Yep. This is, I, I, like I told him, hey, it's not a loss. It's a learning experience. If you use this the right way, this will only make you a better fighter in the future. Exactly. And that's the way to look at it. Uh, Liz Carmouche and Deanna Bennett. Man, really, I, I really enjoyed that fight, man. Liz, Liz Carmouche is the strongest female fighter for her size. 125 yeah. pounds. She's a monster as far as physical strength, her core, how strong she is throughout it, her ability to elevate people. <laughs> yeah, there, there was certain times, both of them doing the same thing. Of They would get the body like, and, and the other person's trying to, you know, take over hooks, wizard down on it hard, and then they, they were just picking them up and moving them over off of their feet. And they're trying to drag their toes on the canvas. Mm -hmm. There was all kinds of little things going on. I really enjoyed the fight. I thought that uh, Liz came out hard. I thought Deanna had a great second round. Yes. You know, took the second round from her. And so then going into the the third round, we were saying, well, this is this fight is, uh, you know, up for grabs. And being that it was up for grabs, Liz knew that and said, you know what? I'm not going to leave this up to the judges. Went after Deanna and got a beautiful submission in the end. That's what you want to see from a person coming into the promotion in her first fight. I thought she looked fantastic yeah. and sets herself up, you know, for, oh, there's a lot of girls in that weight class that she can match up with. And then her best 
one of her best friends happens to be the champion and they've talked about it many times they don't they don't mind fighting each other so that really could be interesting yeah it's kind of like with me and podcast dave i don't mind whooping his ass every once in a while (laughs) gotta remind name a time how many times have i submitted you time and place dave time and place at least three anytime any place never submitted me i have this guy (laughs) <laughs> this guy he will hit you with even, a ddt that you will never yeah never recover from i don't even know if he knows what the ddt is now because it's such an old <laughs> it's such an old technique i mean they've got all these new names now right yeah i don't yeah. even know that any for the pros the classic oh tdd classic i'm gonna put you in and just give you get my jake hager ankle lockout and just pick your ankle apart tear it up oh man or the f5 I thought Liz, um, she looked great. She looked dominant in the first round. She ended up getting stuck on bottom. And I thought Deanna, I thought Deanna Bennett's her grappling was like she said. She's like, I feel very comfortable being on the ground with Liz, right. and I think I'll be just fine. And I was like, eh, when I heard her say that, I'm like, eh, I don't think so. And she proved it. Like in the second round, oh, yeah. she proved me wrong. I was thinking to myself, if you go to the ground with Liz, Liz gonna be able to work underneath you for submissions, arm bars, triangles, that kind of stuff. And if she's on top of you, you're going to have your hands full. Just the strength of her and the hip pressure and the and the way yep. she uses her elbows. I was like, oh, man, Liz is going to put it on her. But they got a couple little ferret scrambles. And I was I was like, wow, this is impressive. And then Deanna had hit her with the takedown. Liz had rolled her through. And Deanna had re-rolled that through, ended up on top in the hip where she kind of was sitting on top of her and still yep. wasn't fully on top because – uh, Liz had like the hooks from the backside and uh, like butterfly hooks from the backside almost was able to get on top again or at least get back to her feet and it was a great little exchange in that moment and um, Deanna she showed me a lot she showed me a lot I mean, she was fun she was entertaining and it just she came up short in the third round I feel bad a little bit because I was like man you gotta be thinking you're going 1-1 into the third round Yep. Against Liz Carmouche making her debut. This is this is my moment. I kept asking Liz during the fighter interviews during the week when I saw her. I interviewed her again, you know, uh, after weigh-ins, and I had said, I said, this this could be like a gotcha fight. This would be one of those fights where you're it's your first fight in Bellator. Debuts are always hard. New contract, new money, new promotion, new people to impress. There's a lot of pressure that comes with being a veteran going to another show, and. After the second round, I was like, oh, fuck. She's got to be thinking, what, it, Josh, you fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> you jinxed me. You jinxed me, you man. You put the slam basel on me, man. But then she went out there and showed us, showed me uh, who was boss. And she fucking, she put on a good performance. She was like, you know, like you said, I'm not going to let this thing go to the judges. I'm going to get this thing done. And she found a way to get the win. Very impressive job. She, I, she's so good, man. And she's such a sweet girl. She's a Such great a person. sweet girl, man. Just like, just. She's having just, conversation just, with her and just the funny, her funny take on things and her conversation is, it's fun. And well, and, and you're looking as a promotion, you're going, is this a person I want to represent my promotion? God, yes, yes. man. She is just a good person. She's got a great personality. She talks well. Everything about her is I'm a winner and I'm happy to have her because I think she's fun to watch. Yeah. She's very tight in all of her aspects of her game, man. Her stand-up is sharp. Her ground game is good. She actually almost had that ankle lock on, yep. on uh, Deanna that one. She came close. She went like this one. Oh, yeah, she was getting ready. Got herself through it. But after the fight, you saw Deanna walking. Yeah. Oh, she was not walking well. Yeah. So it, stuff, it obviously put some pressure on it. So it was who, a good fight. Who was the next fight? Uh, oh gosh, man! Come wow, out. what a fucking performance! <laughs> Keone Diggs, 
he came out and I was like, oh, Campbell's just going to walk him down, big punches, put the pressure on him, make him feel like, you know, he shouldn't be in this, shouldn't be in this promotion, doesn't deserve to be standing here in front of me. Fuck, I was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah. I mean, like, Keone Diggs did everything right. I thought for sure Campbell's going to land a couple hard shots and Keone would be like, ooh, this is not, this, this is a different type of fight. But man, he looked absolutely amazing. He's 9 0 now, talented, very talented kid, all the way around. Good stand up, good uh, good jiu jitsu, very good heavy heavy top pressure. I mean, how Campos, did that feel? Campos didn't have have a saying admitting that I was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was because I told you. Nah, <laughs> oh, you lying calm dog. You down. Need to go again. Calm Come down. Come on, I'm gonna go back calm and watch down. the fights. You need to go back and watch the fights. Go back to the production call. Yeah, <laughs> no, you did. You did say you did say that Keone was gonna it was gonna be a harder fight for Campos. You said it's not a good exchange for him. The, but I, 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 I guess thought, I really thought that that switching of opponents, mm-hmm. I thought that Campos his style matched up because he was supposed to go with Huerta. That would have that would have been a, a really fun fight, but a good matchup style wise for Campos because Roger tends to get brought into brawls. Yeah, you know, and so tough. Keone's sharp. You talk about he stays within himself. Technically, he's really tight. He throws great combinations. He's got a very good ground game. His wrestling is good. He's got the full package, Josh. He's yeah. good, man. Yeah. The only thing, if as, if I'm a promotion, he's nine and zero. He's thirty three. That's the only thing. Yeah. If I'm looking at it as a promotion, I'm like, okay, we got to fast track this kid. So he's got the yeah. win over Campos. I agree. We've got to get him going right away. So I mean, yep. realistically, like, after you beat Campos, and the way you beat him, the way you dominate every second of every round, we've got to be thinking who's next. And so, then got that finish with four. Yeah. Right yep. at the end. Yep, we got to be thinking of who's next. So, D- Dave, pull up the fifty fives for this. I mean, I mean, realistically, I mean, do you put him against someone like uh, Adam Piccolotti? Yeah, you do. I, I actually, I think I would put him more against a guy that's coming off another win. Mm-hmm. I like, I kind of like putting guys with wins against yeah. wins. And, but you can look in the. I would say Sydney Outlaw. That's a that's good a matchup. Good, that's for a good. Him. That's a good matchup. It's a good matchup. I, yeah, Sydney's just one of those guys. A tough fight for everyone, man. Yeah, and, but that's good. But I, you yeah. know, Gertz would be a fun fight, but I think yeah. it would be the same thing that you saw, kind of with Campos yeah. and Gertz. Gertz is going down to one forty-five anyway. So, mm. um, but I mean, you could turn around and give Roger Huerta that fight, or kind of Keone give Roger Huerta. That'd be good. Yeah. We know Georgie Carhanian. That's a good fight as well. I think that that'd be, be and that's a lot him. of experience. You just saw how well he did against Miles Jury at 155. I mean, even yep. though he came up short, it was still a good fight. Um, who else? Uh, what's Nick, it? Go, Nick go, Newell. Nick Newell. That's a good fight. They go back up, go back up, and then um, didn't Mandel Nalo just lost? That was his last fight. He lost, correct? Yeah, Mandel just doesn't fight. He doesn't fight enough. That's great, great talent. He just does about one fight a year. And, yeah. You know, just doesn't fight. You talk about a guy that's getting older, and he's what seven and one. So wow, you know, he just he, I don't blame him. His his wife is a doctor. She she's making the big money, so he's just <laughs> going to the gym, working out. Ah, I'll fight this one. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like uh, yeah, he doesn't fight enough. In his last fight, he did lose, so he lost to Malta. But yeah. when was his last fight? I mean, it was, it was um, October last year. October, yeah, last almost year. a year ago. Again, yeah. see, yeah, if you look at take, a little take bit, a look not, at his a little of that's not his fault. A little bit of that's not his fault. Yeah, but take a look at his record. If yeah, you look at all, all of his fights, and he's got a, a ton of wins. But 
basically one fight a year. Yeah, you're right. What yeah. does he have? Goes, okay, he goes so 2012, he fought twice in 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. One fight a year. See? One yeah. fight a year. Hey. You know, that's the problem. And he's good. No but... miles on his body. No. <laughs> no miles on his body. No Go back to the weight all. class, Dave. Oh, man. So if we look here, let's see. So you have Nick Newell, you got Sydney Outlaw, you got Adam Piccolotti, Brent Primus, Miles Jury. Yeah, oh, no, pretty- Miles Price. I mean, that would be a decent fight. Uh, Peter Queeley. There you go. That to me would be, I think, yeah. you know what? Peter Queeley would I, be a good fight. I think you put Peter Queeley but in him. P- together. Peter just broke his thumb. No, yeah, he just he's broke out. His that's thumb. right. He's, he's out. out for a Goodbye. Little. But he just Ryan fought. Scope. By the time Peter Queeley comes, his a broken thumb, he'll be back in, say, eight weeks. That gives Ryan Tony Scope Dicks, would be a Ryan, Ryan Scope, Scope would be a good fight. Coming off a loss, though, to Peter Queeley. So I mean, um, dun, 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 dun. Tokoff. No, Tokoff's down at one forty-five now. Oh, he's down at forty-five now. Yep. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Tim Wilder, I think, is coming off of a win. Uh, Yamauchi. Oh, <laughs> no one wants to fight Goichi. No, you know, I think you have Yamauchi fight Outlaw. That would be a good fight. You know, you know he wants to go to the ground. And Josh, out- that's a good matchup. Outlaw, Way to go. Outlaw is a very good wrestler and a very good grappler, as we saw against. Yeah, but most people don't want to go to the ground with Yamauchi. No, no. That kid's slick. He's good. He's real good. Man, he's slick. Yeah. Good stuff, man. All right. So, yeah. So, I mean, anyways, Kyoni Diggs out, out of the coverage for me. I thought he did a yeah. phenomenal job. Looked big, great. Big step up in the competition. Uh, he was going to fight Sadawad anyways, which would I think would have been a harder fight for him. Uh, I thought longer. Yeah, longer. It would have been one of those fights where different he would, yeah, different style, way different styles. So, and like he said, it would have been a little bit harder for me as well because he would have to find a way to get inside the inside the range of Sadawad. Uh, who was next on that card? Bum, bum, bum. Well, the one that we didn't talk about, we didn't talk about John Fitch. And oh yeah, Neiman Gracie, or as you like to say, Neiman Gracie. Neiman. <laughs> well, I I actually didn't say it. His his cousin, uh, Victoria Gracie, Victoria. said it's called Neymar. 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 Yeah, Neymar. Okay, so Neiman Gracie. Yeah. <laughs> what a jerk. What a jerk. Uh, let's let's talk about his God retirement damn, he first. He looks good, though. Let's talk about his retirement first. John is done. John Fitch retired, done, laid the gloves down. He's like, I just, he's been telling himself for the longest time, my next loss will be the one. He thought when he he thought maybe if he lost to Roy McDonald, but then he won. He actually said he's been talking about this since he fought Jake Shields. In his mind, he's like, if I lose to Jake Shields, I'm just gonna retire. Then he rattled off like three or four more wins. He's like, shit, man. <laughs> he's like, hey, I'm still good. Yeah, he's like, yeah. And then he fights Roy <laughs> McDonald to a draw, and so he's like, all right, well, give me somebody else. And so they gave, you know, they offered him Neyman and Neyman. <laughs> and so he goes. He's like, you know, if I if I beat him, then okay, then I guess I could fight maybe for the title. We'll see what happens. But he just, I think he wanted to go off on a loss. Okay, it's not my time anymore. And I think it's hard for fighters to admit that. Like, I think it is. It's like, look, if you win, keep winning, keep going, see where it goes. But once you lose, sure. they're like, I, I, I could have won that fight. I could have. I got to go out on a win. Yeah, I got to go out on a win. But then when you win, I got one more in me. And then there you go. Good. I'm glad that he did it the way he did it. I'm well, glad. I think the one thing. In- I'm going to talk about it in this fashion. When we saw him taking his gloves and putting them down, we all obviously know what that means. And and everybody in that arena that was there stood up and started applauding John Fitch because of what John Fitch has accomplished 
in MMA, be it when he was, you know, young in his career, when he ended up going to the UFC, fighting for the title against George St. Pierre, representing himself always as a true professional and a gentleman and a sportsman, going to the World Series of Fighting, losing that first fight against Josh Berkman when everyone said, oh, he's going to kill Josh Berkman, you know, and then coming back and winning the title there. You got to you gotta really respect what John Fitch has done in his career, being a guy that he's a good athlete, but he's not that supreme athlete. No. He's that grinder athlete. He's the guy that outworks you. Mm-hmm. And John Fitch is the epitome of showing you if you work hard, you can you can make things happen. Yeah. And he he outworks his opponent. And I will say that, you know, when I came out of that after talking with him, my broadcast partner had tears in his eye. Yeah. You know, and it, it's okay. I, I really I, I respect that about you that you know, hey, you know, that's sad. It is, but yeah. it's also it's a sad moment, but it's a good moment. And it's good that John is going out on his terms. Because when you can make the decision, when somebody else is making the decision for you, that's always rough. But when it's you making the decision, I've thought about this. This is, this is the time. Congratulations. I, I thank you, John Fitch, for everything that you have done for the sport that you will continue to do because you're doing a lot of things, trying to do things for the fighters. You've always been, as I said, a great competitor, a true sportsman, and a class act. And so thank you, man. I've, I've really enjoyed watching you. I was honored to be able to be in the cage with you at times. You're the real deal, brother. I, I had something in my eye. Okay. So I don't want you to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was it called was, water. Yeah. It was, it was, it's rough, man. Cause I mean, like I, I didn't get that opportunity to do what he did, but I, I also didn't, didn't need it, but I felt yep. like it was good for him to do it because, you know, he comes from a, he, it, I think that was something that he always had in mind. Like, okay, I want to do it in the cage at the moment. He's thought about it for a while. <clears throat> um, he, like you said, he thought about it from the Jake Shields fight, and he's rattled off three more wins since then, and one draw against Roy McDonald. And I want people to, I want people to understand that everybody in the gym at AK, we knew he was slowing down. We knew that he was, he was sparring less. We knew that he was rationing his training. We knew all these things because he was getting older and he didn't want his body to take the abuse, but it worked out. And every time he was going, he was worked winning. out for him. He was winning. He was winning. And we were like, and we were like, well, you know, like, what are you doing? Like, you're not training. I feel like you're not training as hard. He's like, no, I'm just training smarter. And he was yeah. giving his body more time to rest. And he was feeding his body with, uh, you know, the right foods, the right supplements, the right things that he needed to stay on track. And, the fact I think that he went in there and fought Roy McDonald, I think he thought that was going to be his last fight. And then he went out there and got a draw, and it was like, okay, so maybe I'm not done. Maybe, maybe I still have a little bit left in me. Like, this guy is yeah. the, this guy's the champion right now. What am I doing? Why am I, why am I saying I'm going to hang it up? And, and then, you know, he was, I think he, there was a couple of situations where he was offered a couple of fights, and he's like, yeah, I, I need to fight someone that motivates me. And yep. I, under, I that understand was, that. That was exactly what he said. Yeah, I understand that because at, at the especially age, especially when you're the older fighter. Not only that, but you you fought the who's who of MMA in the welterweight division, and you want to fight someone that you feel like will be either it puts you even higher above, or or okay, this is it. You know, like I lost to I, no disrespect in losing to Neiman Gracie. Like Neiman is very good; he's a great person. And I got to tell you, after when you did the interview, 
how he said, no, no, you let John go first. And I was just yeah. like, and that, Love that the guy. I kind of, that was a little bit of what got me too. was like, yeah. let him have his moment. Let him go first and have his moment. Like, don't let, don't put me up there first. You know, like let him go first. It's, it's his night. It's his moment. I know it's a win for me, but you know, Neiman's going to have more and this is it for John. And so I, I the hands of the, the Gracie family, the, you know, and Neiman himself, what a class act, man. And, uh, and as far as John and his retirement, it's good. I'm happy for him. Yep. I've been friends with John for 18 years now, maybe a little bit less, 17. And uh, he's, he stayed with me and lived with me for, you know, for a while, sometimes, you know, for training at AK before he fully moved out here. And, um, you know, we've, we've had our ups and downs. We've had our bumps and bruises, but I do recall several times, both of us together on Thanksgiving night, being at the gym, just the two of us, cause I had a key doing, uh, the assault bike workouts. You know, because we had fights coming up, you know, the day after, the couple of days after New Year's, you know. And so over time, it was like we just, we always knew that our commitment was was fighting, was making sure that we were the, trying to be the best we could be. And and he did it. And every time he would say like, hey, are you, done, you, know, are you done with your family? Like, you know, are we going to get the workout in? He was the one behounding me and getting on me, you know. And I was like, oh, I can miss it tonight. It's Thanksgiving. Or, oh, you know, I don't need to be at this wedding. And I would miss weddings to go work out because I needed, I, you know, but it was a lot of it was not just him, but other guys as well, but he was one of the guys. And so the history and the stories I could tell you, we were there on, you know, Thanksgiving at say nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, doing a 45 minute long assault bike workout, you know, and just wall drill get ups and takedowns against the wall and, you know, and submissions from our back, you know, and, and, and just all different types of stuff, bag workout with the assault bike and mixed in with it. And we did it. We've done it on Christmas too, because we fought after, you know, after New Year's. So we, it's several times. It wasn't just one time, you know, but we did it Thanksgiving. We did it Christmas, Christmas Eve. We're there doing the bike workout at 10 o'clock at night, you know, and the same thing on New Year's Eve. They're doing the bike workout, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, you know, bringing in the New Year's. And so there's a lot of commitment, a lot of things that people don't realize that fighters go through. It's not, we don't just live in the glory, you know, of sure we get there and we fight and it's, oh, this is but there's so much that goes into it. And John's walking proof because he, everyone knows he's not athletic at all. The, the guy, <laughs> the guy's not athletic at all. Like he, he doesn't run at all. He's all he does is uh, his uh, pre-core and assault bike cardio. He does not run at all. And so he just, his ankles can't handle his, you know, knees. He's like, I stopped running when I was in college. He's like, oh, I don't do this shit, you know? And so, the fact that he was able to do all the things that he can do just by shaping his workouts around what his body could do. And he had such success doing the things that he knew he did well. I was very impressed with just his work ethic and his mindset of getting things done. Don't get me wrong. Very, very fucking hard headed. Extremely. He's hard. headed. <laughs> like we would argue about stuff. Just I'm like, you're so fucking off the wall, but that's what made him who he is. And yep. as, as a friend, I'm glad to see that he's done. I'm glad to see that he had a successful career. And uh, on to the next chapter, man. Proud of him. Yeah, well, you, and we talk about that, you know, that he had made the statement of, I need to fight someone that's going to excite me. And you look and you go, well, the name of Gracie, yeah, whoever it is you're fighting, that's, that's one that a guy that's at the time 32 and 7, uh, that's one of those pelts that you can put on your wall. Yeah. And so I, I totally understand why it was that Neiman was a guy that he goes, yeah, I'll come back and fight that fight. Yeah. You know, Cause it's nice to be able to have that target and have, get some excitement and yeah, I want to face it. I want to, I want to say I've got to win against him. You know, it didn't happen for him, 
But you really got to take a look and say, man, going up against Neiman. Neiman is a different level now. And just like you were talking about with, you know, Henzo after his loss and the maturity factor and what he's doing and how he's working out and the time he's spending. And I just love the fact when I did the interview with him, he, he actually did an infomercial for John Danaher. I love that because, well, he finished, you know, he, look at, he finished that, you know, fight against a guy that, you know, John knows how to roll. And, but sometimes, you know, when you're that step behind, you can't catch back up. And that's what happened to him with that leg lock. But that was a leg lock we're talking about. That was both a heel hook and a knee bar at the same time. Yep. And that, that is not an easy thing to pull off. And you have had to have worked on that and hit that. We're talking hundreds of times in the gym to be able to pull that off in the fight the way he did. And that was a beautiful submission. You, if you want to do the Gracie family, you know, proud that submission that did them proud because that was well done, well played out. And then he goes afterwards and here, let me display what John Danaher has taught me. Yeah. And now let me, now, now let me teach you how to you too yeah. can be part of this program for only 1995 <laughs> or whatever. <you> know. <laughs> I, but it was, I thought just the whole way he did it. And then also like you're saying, you know, Sarno is our is our uh, stage uh, manager. He's the guy doing stuff, and he had told Neiman he wouldn't. You know, he was supposed to talk first, and Neiman says, "No, no, no, you talk to him first. And total class, total yes. class. And man, you know, Neiman is a handful for anyone. He's got one loss against Rory McDonald. That's it. He can yeah. fight with anyone in that welterweight division, and you know, he's talking about wanting to fight Douglas Lehman. Now, Douglas has the fight lined up with. You know, Gegard Mousasi, so that might not happen for a while. And I, I would expect that he should be, meaning Neiman should be fighting somebody else mm -hmm. before waiting on that fight. But I'll tell you what, I would love to see this guy named Yaroslav Amazov and Neiman Gracie. That would be a fun fight to watch. You think so? I do, man. Let me see the 170 pound weight class. Let me see. What go ahead. Got. You Let go ahead see. and look. Pull it up. I don't know, man. I think I love. Oh yeah, I, I I love both of them. That's the thing is, I don't want to see one of them lose. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's more of that's more of my my thing here. Let me see. Derek Anderson's already matched up. Yep, he's matched up. He's going uh, against MVP. MVP. Dun, dun, dun. Let me see. Kiefer Crosby. No, Paul Daly. He's not ready. He's not ready. He's not. Right no, now. he's not. He's not. Yeah. But he's, Paul Daly's got a fight. He's fighting Derek Dylan, Anderson. Dylan Dennis. Dylan. Ah, come on. Dylan Dennis. Dylan Let's go, Dennis. buddy. Let's go. Let's see. I mean, there's no, some guys that really have, you know, some some good experience. You know, Oliver Encamp, I really have. I'm high on him in the future. Yeah. You got Sabah Homasi, who, you know, really at least came out and, and used his ground game, but likes to stand and bang with people and stuff like that. But if I'm looking and saying, man, you want to put two studs together? Amazov, 24 and 0. Gracie, 10 and 1. It'd be a fun fight, man. Yeah, Derek Anderson's not fighting MVP. Uh, Ross, no, Hughes, no. Ross Houston is. Ross, Ross Houston's fighting. Derek Anderson is fighting Daly. Yeah, Paul Daly. There you go. Okay. I screwed up. That, that would have been me. Okay. I knew that. I just. <laughs> uh, what about like a Korshkov or Lorenz Larkin? Well, either one of those, you're absolutely right. Those both would be good. You know, Korshkov. Korshkov is a guy that I look and say, man, most people just don't want to fight that dude because he's yeah. just dangerous, man. He's fast. 
He hits like a truck. Um, Jordan Mean. Jordan Mean would be. Hey, he does look like Car. Uh, yeah, he does look like Conor <laughs> McGregor. Um, go back up. Jordan Mean and Korshkov would be a good fight. Oh yeah, that'd be a good fight. Jordan Mean and Korshkov would be a yeah. great fight. And you could also look at Jason Jackson in that mix. Oh, Jason Jackson would be a good one to put in that. Yes, yes, this is very true, my friend. Uh huh. Ooh, that is good. See? I think I want to be the Bellator matchmaker. And then Logan, Logan, Logan Storley, Storley is the other one. Yeah, he's Logan Storley. But you know, question wow. is getting him into the cage. Keeps on getting. Yeah, injured. he keeps getting injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a keep going. There's another guy I have their name. Some uh, I can't he's remember his first that. name. No, go back up. Wow. Back up. Uh, Wanless. Uh, what's his name? He's from the UK. Gosh, I can't remember his first name. You said Wanless. Wanless is his name. Yeah, I remember. I've called a couple of his fights in the UK. He's not well, right? I thought he was on here. Hmm. Maybe. Anyways, uh, but there's plenty of guys for him to fight. But I think the fight. Joy Davis. Yeah, that'd be a good fight. Too. Black Ice, baby. Yeah, he's another one though. He's just got to fight more. Exactly. He's got to fight more, man. Gotta like, fight a whole there. lot more. He's there yep. and available. So you have Oliver M. Camp, who's young. He's like extremely young. Um, he has that baby face also. You have Joey Davis. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I Naaman, I think Naaman and uh and Dylan used to train together, right? I believe so. Yeah. I mean, I'd be, I, I know I, I don't think Dylan would take it, but I don't think Dylan would take that fight. Yeah. But it would be still for me, it'd be like I'd be like for the I guess for me and the casuals, that's one of those fights you're like, you know what? The jiu-jitsu matchup? Yeah, let's see this. Let's see how this all works out. Uh, yeah. All right. What's uh? What's the next card? What was the next fight? That was it. That was what we had what for Bellator two forty five and two forty six. No, the Gorder oh. fight. Oh, you want to talk about it? That was a that was a prelim. That's why. Yeah. yeah. Ty Gorder and uh, Tokos. George, George Tokos. Tuko Torcos. Great fight. Great yeah. fight. I thought Gorder. Uh, he taking some big shots in the first round. Uh, I thought Gorder had lost the first round. You said he won. Yep. Um, I was right. You were right. You, well, kind of. It was two to one. But yeah, he had won the round. Yes. Okay, so that means three of us said that Gorder won. Two of us said that two Gorder of us said lost. Yeah, but Gorder those, lost, those other judges sucked. Your two <laughs> loses to my three. Gosh, this this new <laughs> math. This new math not lining was, up very well. It's too much. Yeah, new it was math. close, and it was it was good. It was real clear that uh, Gorder was coming on. He won the oh, second yeah. round. Looks good uh, easily, but really. Uh, Good performance by him because he was coming off of his first loss against Joseph Creer, who man, Creer's tough. Does and, a question I have: Does Gorder Gorder he fights at one eighty five? Yep. And uh, Madrid is he two hundred five? Yes. I th- for some reason he looks like an eighty five pounder to me. Well, no, but he fought. T- at, he did fight at. He has fought at light heavyweight, but he was fighting at one eighty five. That's why I compare him to Luke Rockhold. Yeah. He fights a lot like Luke Rockhold. I think Gorder and him would be a fun fight. It would be. It'd be yeah, a good no. fight. I'm not sure that Gorder has enough experience. Not on the ground. Right, well, not to. Dan, Daniel the, Madrid on the ground is good. He's really good. He's a Kyle Terra black belt, right? Yep. Yes. He's good. the real deal. And no, you're going to see a lot more of that guy. He's going to be moving up in the ranks. Yeah. And he has come into his own. You know, sometimes guys don't. You know their career starts off and they're they're good. They just 
make mistakes that lead to them losing fights Mm -hmm. and then it snaps in and they get it and all of a sudden they're starting to make those runs and i think that's what you're seeing with uh, madrid he's he's on a roll and he's been fighting some tough guys and he's getting wins i was at uh the lfa in arizona when he fought um i want to say seth bazinski you know who had fought in the usc a ton and man he just lit seth up i was like god damn yeah i didn't expect it you know because bazinski's tough man he's he's that guy that goes out there and starts swinging hard man madrid just looks so good against him i said he needs he needs to be fighting somewhere else because he's that good i'm just happy i'm just I'm just happy to see he's a Bellator. His leg kicks, his body kicks, his speed, and with his hands yep. and putting his kicks together, everything was phenomenal. But he's very, yeah, he's so relaxed. Yep. Very, very light on his feet, elusive, little tiny movements, little head movements that all add up to him, you know, just letting that shot slide by. He counters, lands his shot, brings the kick, all the things you want to see out of a fighter in just being yeah. smart, just break him down. And then go for your finish. Yeah. He's he's good. He's a real deal. Well, Dave, pull up the 85-pound weight class for Bellator. Let's see who Gorda can fight next. Let's see. <laughs> At least you just want to be a matchmaker, I dude. do, You're I do. Just going after it, man. I do. I do. Anything that gets me off the desk with you, kind of calling fights. Jeez. <laughs> 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 Romero Cotton. No. Johnny Eblen. He's Both of those would be good. Romero's, I think, coming up. I think he's coming up in the October cards. Okay. So that'll be good for him. See, I would say, fight. like, Romero would be a guy that Ty Gwerder would be a good matchup. How about Kent Kalpanen? Style-wise. In Kent Kalpanen's just heavy-handed and yeah. tough. Tough, heavy-handed, and tough. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? We had Taylor Johnson. Yeah. You put Taylor Johnson and him together. Let's go. Taylor Johnson and who? And Gwerder together. Could, could, yeah. Just came yeah. off the win over Ed Ruth. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's see. I'll give Let's it to see. You. Let's see it. I mean, anyways. But Taylor Johnson also said he's willing to fight at two hundred five. So maybe you put him against Madrid. Yeah. Well, I'd also like to see a little bit of uh, Norbert Navigny getting oh, back in there because geez. that kid is talented. Twenty. What is he? Twenty years old. He's not even twenty one. Yep. Yet. He will be maybe twenty one now. Dad had a. I think his dad had a, a MMA fight at the age of fifty two. Yeah. Dad was, <laughs> dad was an, an Olympic Olympic gold medalist. Greco moment wrestler. Yep. Yep. From Hungary. Yep. Then you got Dalton Rasta, who moved down from light heavyweight into the middleweights. He is a stud. Stud, man. Dude, he's a brick shithouse, man. Yes, he is. is Strong. And then you have Tokov. So many guys. Oh, Tokov. Tokov should be fighting for the championship. That dude's 28 and 2. He is a stud. And I, right now, the middleweight division, even though it doesn't have a champion, you know, that's coming up on October 29th for Bellator. But the middleweight division, we got some studs. We got Van, some guys that are good. The guys that stick out to me the most. Tokoff, uh, Van Steenis, Fabian Edwards. Scroll back up. Dun, dun, dun. Salter's still Salter's good. Salter's still good. I mean, now we've got you have got Gagard. You got Leo. Leo can go up and down if he wants. Rafael is gone. Yeah. You know, he, he's uh, retired now. Oh, uh, you've got quarter. Fabian Edwards. Uh, Fabian Romero's. He's got some. He's got some ways Johnny, to go. He's Johnny got- Eblin is going to be good, man. He's got good wrestling coming out of Missouri. That dude can wrestle. He freaking's got good ground and pound. 
they'll mm-hmm. stand and fight. There's just a lot going on. And, and Romero Cotton, Romero Cotton is tough, dude. He's yeah. good. That guy's an athlete. I know. I try. I, I, I work with him a little bit here at my gym right now while we're doing all this COVID stuff. Yeah, he's he's got some power, man. He's got <laughs> thick, thick fucking legs. He's just, I held tie pads for him, and like the next day, my forearms were bruised. Forearms were all here, bruised. And I was just like, fuck. That's what people think. They think, oh, that pad, that, that means it doesn't hurt. Oh, it freaking no, hurts. It hurts. No, no, it, it just hurts. beats your arms yeah. up, man. I just switched, I switched to a kick shield. I'm like, forget this, man. I just switched to a big kick shield, like protect my right. head and my body. You know, <laughs> I'd like to kick Dave in the head one day. <laughs> you uh, you break? All right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's get on with the uh, UFC. Well, which one you want to talk? Let's well, let's go Angela Hill yeah. and uh, Michelle Watterson. I thought it was a great fight. I really, I actually, in the end, I thought, I thought Hill won it. So did I. Okay, I, I gave Angela Hill the first two rounds. Yep, and I gave. And I, thought that, I thought that was pretty clear that she got those two rounds. Yep. And then Michelle Watterson came on and she took the two rounds, similar to the yep. Archuleta versus Mix fight. Michelle figured out the distance and what she needed to do, mm-hmm. closed it up a little bit, and that changed things for it. But then in the fifth round, I thought Angela had more volume, actually landed the better shots. Yeah. And I thought she won that fight. I, I really thought that in the end, I was surprised that the judges went with uh, Watterson. I thought it was and, and the fifth round, I would say, is was the closest round, if you want to say it yeah. was tight. It was tight. Yeah. And so it's not like it's a robbery. But no. if you're if you're Angela Hill, it's a robbery. <laughs> but <laughs> I really thought I thought Angie won it. I thought Angie I put thought on so a great too. performance. I thought Michelle fought her ass off. She was great, too. But the fifth round, go back and watch it. I thought the volume, as far as meaning volume, the shots that landed, Angie landed more shots, cleaner shots, the ones that actually were hitting the targets that you give credit to. And then it was also, I think she had the more powerful shots overall. There was a couple shots that that, uh, Michelle uh, landed that were good. But in that fifth round, I really thought Angie got it. So. I thought that I'm only going to talk really about the fifth round because the first two yeah. was very clear and very evident. Yeah, um, I agree. But I will say this. Well, Angela, obviously it was. Hold on. It wasn't evident because one of the judges, Sal D'Amato, gave it 49-46 to Michelle Watterson. He only gave one round to Angie Hill. I was like, I don't know what fight you were watching. Yeah, it, there must was, have been something in front of. I don't know. It, was, it seemed like it was very defense. clear because like, she won the first I thought two. so. Yeah, I but sometimes, you know, when you're in that seat, that's what you see. The only reason why she fell a little bit into the Jose uh, Aldo in the fourth in the fourth and fifth or the third and fourth round. Third and fourth. Yeah. She just walked Chasing. forward and she a little bit with yeah. Patchy did. Patchy mix just walked forward, yep. but wasn't really throwing anything. And when Michelle Watterson would land, she'd get out and away before she could land something. So then in the fifth round, she started walking and throwing as she was walking in and she had a lot more success. I yep. feel like Michelle Watterson landed a little bit more. Like I'm talking maybe like three or four more punches, five more punches than Angela Hill in the fifth, but they didn't have the effect anywhere near the effect that Angela Hill's punches and kicks had in the yeah. fifth round. That's the reason why I gave it. I was like, look, she's landing. They're close in punch stats, it was. but Angela Hill had the harder punches. And I feel like this is like a couple of times Michelle Watterson, and especially at the very end when they closed the round, she took a lot of the bigger shots in that last 10 second exchange. And I was like, even if the round was close, 
that that to me as a judge would have won would have won me over because those were the harder shots also towards the end but she had landed the harder shots throughout the whole round yeah so, that's i go off the whole round that last 10 seconds you better you you knock them on their ass that's yeah. the difference maker but i, I get you you know, but when it was I that actually, close, it, I actually thought Angela had the better volume in that round. I really did. I I remember. I thought they did put up a, a punch stat. Did they? I don't. I, I never look at it, so I don't know what it yeah, was. Yeah, I didn't because yeah. I hate those things. Mm. But uh, but maybe, it was, maybe, maybe it was Michelle. But I actually thought Angela did as I was watching. Bottom line is, I tip my hat to both of them. They fought their asses off. They did. It was a good fight. And the other really, thing is, know, well, it was only supposed to be a three round fight, and exactly, then exactly that they accepted to do a five round fight. You guys, you guys are leading the Gangster. way in the example of Gangster. what some of these other fighters won't fucking do. Nope. And and I and I'm not a fan of the five round fights, but I'm glad that you <laughs> that you ladies decided to step up and say no. You guys are you guys want the main events to be five rounds? Guess what? We're fucking ready. We'll give for you it. a main event. Yeah, we'll and give they you did. Main, and they did. Uh, they yep. gave them a great main event. Who was the main event before? So one of them got COVID. Yeah, I think. Forget. They had some COVID yeah. problems. Yeah. See, I mean. Look, I'm glad. Look, regardless, I'm glad that fight was the main event because it was a good fight. Oh, it was good. It was a really good fight. Great fight. It was. Um, who and else it, was on that? Well, we had the one problem. Let's talk about it. We had Ed oh, Herman, yes, yeah. against Slow Mike Rodriguez, and uh, well, Slow uh, Mike Rodriguez. That's his. That's his nickname. Jeez, you're a jerk. Mike Slow Rodriguez. I think, man. It's, what a jerk. I'm not the one that named him that. Oh, jeez. Uh, but who needs friends? <laughs> we got who yeah. needs enemies? You got friends like that. Jeez. <laughs> you know that there was the incident in the second round yes. where uh, the referee uh, Chris Tagnoni he uh, made a call, stopped the action off of what he believed was a groin shot, and I talked to Chris. He called me. And he told me, Johnny says, I knew that the knee did not touch his groin. He says, but I thought as I was coming around, and as a referee, it is what you hear a lot of the times. He goes, I thought that his shin and foot actually hit the cup, and that's what caused uh, Ed the problem. He goes, that's what I thought. That's what I saw and heard. He goes, and then when I saw the replay on the thing, he goes, I realized it wasn't that I was kind of stuck. I go, well, and, it, and we went through it and talked and I said, you're not stuck. This is what you need to do. But, you know, I, I need to, there's, there was some things about, uh, Brendan Fitzgerald came out and started talking about, uh, well, you know, he, he, uh, was informed by, uh, the vice president of regulatory affairs, Mark Ratner, uh, who was the guy for the UFC used to be the executive director for uh, Nevada. Awesome individual that had told him that no instant replay could not be used in that situation. And he is right under the unified rules of MMA under the unified rules of MMA. You can only use instant replay when you have a fight ending sequence, meaning that you have a foul that occurs. Your fight is going to be over no matter what. Now I can go to instant replay to see, was that a foul? that I saw and did that have the, the uh, effect of bringing an, uh, an end to this fight was a foul involved. That's when you can go to the instant replay under the unified rules. But let's be clear. If you go to the Nevada rules, okay, and you look at the Nevada rules because Nevada's got, you know, it's always NAC 467 is their rule uh, legislation and regulatory 
thing. And 467.682, if you go to Section 5, Josh, because Nevada changed theirs and says the referee may at any time during a contest or exhibition call a timeout, consult with the officials of the commission, or to view replay footage. And that was changed on uh, the first, January 30th of 2019. So with what is actually in their regulations, yes, the referee can go to instant replay in that situation, look at it and determine, no, that was not a foul. I was wrong. It did not hit the groin area. Ed Herman, get back over here. We're starting this fight back up. Maybe if I think he's faking, I'll even take a point. You can do that if you want, but it was a situation where the referee made a mistake and he's been honest about it. He goes, I made a mistake. He goes, I was wrong. I thought this, I made, I made the call and it was a mistake. And then the problem is in the third round, Ed Herman comes back, gets a beautiful Kimura and gets the submission. And so I, I know Mike Rodriguez is going to appeal that. I don't know what they're going to do he with will it, not but win. it's unfortunate. He will not win. <laughs> he will not win. Bet you in that could, situation. You could take their own rules and put them right in front of them, and they'll just well, there sit, it on is their, right there. sit on their fucking soapbox and say, nope, we don't know what you're talking about. Yep. No, just, it's, it's, there's no point, man. Like, it's not even worth it. John just, John just helped you, Rodriguez, in figuring out what the rule is. And so if you're listening to this show, just take it to them, and I'll bet you take they're it. just going to say, there it is. they're going to say, nope. And if the ref, even if the ref's on your side, like John was on my side, and it didn't help either. So, and I had yeah. to deal with California. He's gonna have to deal with Vegas, but it's just a pain in the ass. It's not even worth your fucking energy. I only Man, did anytime. It. Yeah, I mean, anytime like, during the contest, <laughs> you can view replay footage in the state of Nevada. Yeah, that's I, what their rules say. Now you watch; they're gonna come up and say, "Well, no, that's not what it means." Yeah, I did it. I only did the appeal <laughs> because I wanted it to be on record, and then I actually got the the California State Athletic Commission to say that we're gonna put an asterisk next to that loss in our files. That was the agreement. I'm like, yeah, just to show that the, Hold you it. guys. You got an, did you get an asterisk? Yeah, we got an asterisk. Dude, you're like Roger Maris. That's so stupid. Do you even know who Roger Maris is? I, I He's a baseball player, I think. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. I don't like <laughs> baseball, though. So I just, I, I know the name sounds familiar, and I just took a guess. Uh, <clears throat> it was either baseball or tennis. <laughs> Roger Maris beat Babe Ruth's home run record. Uh, but Babe Ruth had hit 60 home runs in 154 games. And Roger Maris, they had changed the amount of games. It was 162 when Roger Maris hit his. So they put an asterisk because he had 61 home runs. And God knows you can't have anyone beating Babe Ruth's record. Well, not only that, but then like you look at all, like same thing what happened to Herschel Walker. Well, and they didn't change the like, amount of games, I don't think. But what it was was Tim Tebow beat his record for most yards. But Herschel Walker only played football for three years. Tim Tebow is the quarterback who touches the ball every single play. And it took him five yep. years. Took him five years to do it. So, yeah, Herschel's still the greatest football player ever in college. What are, what are you trying to say? Yeah, I, I just said it. I just said it. Herschel's <laughs> the greatest football player ever in college. Um, and I, I, I'm not being biased because he's my friend, no. but it's, those are the numbers don't lie. But you are being biased are. because he's your friend. Yes, I am. In but, full disclosure, so yes, will I be. in full disclosure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not worth your time unless you want to have it put on the record like with me when I did it with California. it's I think it's good to put it on the record, but – it's a pain in the ass, man. And they're not going to change it, it. They're not going to change it. The UFC will. Well, I mean, they're not going to. I, I give Dana White credit in the fact that uh, he gave Mike Rodriguez his win. Yeah. 
because he look it, it should that fight should have been that was a TKO victory for Mike Rodriguez yeah. in the second round. It should never have seen a third round. So, so let, let's talk about this though. <clears throat> it, the ref stops it because he thinks he gets hit in the nuts. Okay, mm -hmm. doesn't get hit in the nuts. Can the ref DQ him for faking it? Yes. Good. But you would you would lean more on the side of taking a point and then putting him yep. back in or just making yep. him fight right away? Well, I would if I thought he was faking it after I made the mistake and he's like acting like it is, and you see where the, the oh, shot yeah. lands and you see, oh no, that that did not now you're hey, get up. Either you get up now or you're out of this fight. You're gonna lose right now. Get up. I'm gonna and if I if he's faking it and trying to hold on to oh no, no problem. Now I'll take points. You got Fight, you got two seconds now to get yourself ready to start. You don't start. Okay, this fight's over. You lost. You, that's that's the mindset you've got to have as yeah. the referee is. I can't. I made the mistake. You're the one that is now putting on a show about that mistake. Okay, you gain something out of it. I can't let you gain anything more. Yeah. So it's a tough situation. Yeah, as a promotion though, I feel like you cut them. Oh wow! No, see, I, 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 I can't agree with you on that, because how many times, in, in any fight, we, we, we always go with the whole thing. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Well, when, you know, when the referee stops it and Ed goes, "Oh, thank you," basically, because my body is dying right now because he was hurt. Yeah, but he was hurt with a legal blow, so you know you can't blame Ed Herman. He's he's going along with what someone's giving him. Yeah, you know. I, I look and say, if you're going to do anything, bring it back together, let them run it back, and that's how you do it. I guess. I guess you, but I'm just, as a, <clears throat> as a promoter, if you're, if I'm putting my promoter shoes on or my promoter hat on, whatever it is you want to call it, I think to myself, like, you look at, I look at a couple different ways. Is he going to be champion? No. Um, where are we going? Like, how, you obviously, you obviously don't want to fight. Like if you're willing to take that time, like how do you had the ref Whoa, stopped it? But hold on, had, hold on. Had the ref stopped it. Stop. Let me finish first. Had okay, the ref I stopped will. it. Had the ref stopped it, which he did. And you and you knew. And once they saw the replay, and like and the, you've got to say like, okay, look, I took my second. I'm good. Get back into the action, and get right back to it. But he laid there. Like even Bisbee was all, bro. I got to find <laughs> out who his acting coach is. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But, and Bisman was he was saying that I think loud enough that he could probably hear because he's like it didn't hit it didn't hit anything and so as a promoter I'm like this is it looks bad on my sh on, on on the promotion itself it yeah. looks bad for the referees but it also looks bad mm -hmm. on the fighter and now next time yeah. I I fight you it's just it's a bad look people are like oh yeah that's that guy that just faked a growing shot I, I don't know do you want to have like if you're if you're claiming you have the best fighters in the world which I feel like they do they have a lot of good good fighters a lot of great fighters. You you gotta those type of fighters, and I love Ed. I've known Ed for a long, long time. Just it's I think as Tough we dude. get as we get older, it's just not it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah, I, I look and say there, and we've had these situations. Mm -hmm. We just did when you have a fighter that uh, tries to act out a foul based upon thinking I'm getting my butt kicked in this fight, and I think I'm going to get a win if i stay with oh i'm so hurt when they're not really that hurt yeah those are the ones that i would cut the ones that i say, would cut those guys right away the when i have that, a guy that's going to get back into the fight i'm not going to the the ones that say if i if i if i 
say that I'm I'm hurt and I don't continue, do I win? Do I win? Yeah, you do. And you're gone. Yeah. That's a that's, that's a weird situation to be. Those in. are the ones that I I just don't agree with. That's a weird situation. And and look it, it we all the time we talk about it's a business. Yeah. Well, and that that's a business decision for the fighter, but I would make it a very bad business decision. I would make yeah. them realize that if you're not really hurt or I even if it's just me as the promoter thinking, "Nope, you faked it." I'll get rid of you. I just feel like these these things have got to be fixed with the commission. Like this guy can't have a, a loss on his record over this decision. It needs to be pushed to a no contest. I just know it's not going to happen. And I feel well, the problem the problem is this: is he lost? Mike Rodriguez lost yeah. in the third round. Yeah, but the third round should never have happened. Have occurred because, in reality, Ed Herman lost in the second round. He was hit with a body shot that dropped him down. The fight was going to be over. It was going to be a TKO victory for Mike Rodriguez. And the third round when he lost should never have occurred. That's where this all looks so bad. Yeah. Ah, rough. Uh, what's yep. another fight on there? Dang. Oh, wrong card. Oh, wrong card. Well, I thought... I thought Let's, let's talk about Bobby Green. I think this was oh. Bobby's third fight again. Third so fight good. in uh, in this COVID era between yes. April and now. Yep. Man, he's looking good. Dude, he just ate Patrick up. It was. Oh, yeah. And Patrick comes from, he's got the he's got the capoeira background, but he's also got the, the jiu-jitsu background because his training partner is Jacare. Mm -hmm. And they, a lot of people thought that, oh, if this thing went to the ground, he'd be able to submit Bobby. Bobby said, I don't think so. Bobby put on a performance. I know he's, he's, he actually said he wasn't happy with his performance. He looked great. Yeah. You know, he <clears throat> dominated that fight. You know, and the big difference that you saw, man, the speed difference in those two guys. Oh, yeah. Huge difference. Well, the relaxation. And we've talked about this a yeah. couple of times. The relaxation, like Madrid, he's so relaxed. The punches come out so fast. Uh, when guys are relaxed, the, the speed of your hands comes out and you hide it a lot better. When you load up on stuff, your opponent's able to see you loading up. Yep. They're Tense able to up. see you trying to tense and get ready to throw the punch. So even though it is thrown fast, it's visibly, it's, it's visual. You can see it coming. Whereas Bobby throws everything from just a relaxed position. It's kind of walking from his waist, from his waist. <laughs> But he's got the speed to get it there, man. And he uh, does, man. He which has, makes it hard to see sometimes. He hasn't slowed down at all. At 34 years old, I feel like he's gotten nothing but better. He's not, he's not old, man. He's still he's he hasn't taken damage really. No. You know, he, there's a couple fights where he's had some, you know, you can look and say, oh, he took some damage there, but not much. These three fights, you take a look at a guy that, you know, oh, you need to move him to the next level now because the way he's yeah. fighting, and I do believe. Bobby needs to stay on this schedule. Yes. Bobby, stay on this schedule. Bobby, listen to me. Mm. You need to stay busy. Stay on this schedule. You are looking good, brother. Mm -hmm. Continue on. I like Bobby. He's a great guy. And he needs to be bumped up into that upper echelon. Put him against those top guys and let's see how he performs. Because right now, dude, he's a handful. That's Clay Guida, you know, Lando Venata, and now Patrick. That's gotta say it's three good wins in a row. Yep. Who's good the 50, who's the, who else in the fifty five pound division right now for UFC? Let's pull that up. Let's see what we got here. Let's see what we got here. Huh? Come on, Dave. You, now, now you're gonna be a matchmaker for the UFC. 
Yeah. Good job, Josh. I like Go Bobby. With it. I like Bobby. Bobby's a good guy. Bobby's awesome. Uh, let's see here. Who do we got? Who do we got? Who do we got? Lightweight, right? Yeah, lightweight. Lightweight. There we go. Oh, there was a guy that I was talking about. Um, we we can go Kevin Lee. We can go Ally Quinta. Well, Kevin Kevin's gone. Ally Quinta would be a great fight. Diego Ferreira. That would be a great fight. Paul, Paul Felder. Felder would, would be, be a great. great fight. Fight. I, there's my fight. Paul I would, I would love to see Paul Felder and Bobby Green. Because Paul, Paul is technical. Paul, you know, yes. technique wise. Very technical stand-up fight. Yeah. That would be a good fight. What's or going on? what's going on with Kevin Lee? What happened? Dude, he blew out his other knee. That's right. That's right. I was like, I, was, I thought you meant like he was cut, like gone, like cut. No, I'm no. like, oh, I was like, what happened? No. Blew out his oh. blew out his one, had his ACL replaced, and then blew, blew oh, out the second man. one. Poor guy. That's called bad luck. Yeah. Bad luck. Um, let's see. Is, is that all top fifteen? That's top fifteen. So that's your bot. This is number fifteen here, yeah, and Drew then. Dover. Number one is Dustin and Justin yeah. Gaethje. Ali Quinta, Paul Felder. Probably stay away from Oliveira. No, that would be no, a good one. Good fight, too. I, I, I would go with that. He's just busy, man. Yeah, that's a good fight. I mean, there's there's guys in there. I mean, like, do another throwback with, with another, like, guy who's a little bit older with Donald Cerrone, too. I'd see that one, too. Yep, I would go Tough with Donald. Fight. Even even Drew Dober. Yeah. No, I would like to see him get into that Don, uh, Donald or yeah, see, you're saying yeah. Donald up. Yeah, Donald up. I mean, three in a row under these conditions. Yep, he's looking good. I mean, yep, Donald up. I think. I think. I'm not, I'm not trying to disrespect uh, Drew Dober. Just I'm saying, like name value wise, Bobby's mm -hmm. been around for a long time at 34 years old. Let's let's try and slide him a little love for three fights in a row here. Good stuff. I'm I'm impressed, yep. man. I was I was. After his uh, Lando Venata fight, I was like, wow. I knew you had a good fight with Clay, but I thought it was just two guys that loved to fight getting in there. And Lando Venata, the same thing. Like, but he just picked Lando apart. He just dominated every aspect of that fight as well. It was a good fight, though. Very back and forth, but it was a good fight. Just He was a step ahead. Bobby was a step yep. ahead. Same thing yeah. with the Patrick fight. He was a step ahead. Everything he did. Out he was two steps shit. ahead in the Patrick fight. Yeah, he just was wrestling was on point, man. Oh. Just, I was like, oh. Dude, that, dude that, for, that first takedown, that first slam. slam. Oh, dude, you know when he hit, you know all the air went. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, that yeah. sucks. Kind of like when I tried to take you down the other night and you landed on top of me, <laughs> fell on top of me. <laughs> oh, don't say that. Dude. That was it. Oh, he did, he, he, he didn't sprawl. Like, he tripped. Dave, I shot. Dave, I, Dave, I shot and I he tripped and fell right on top of me. Because, it was so bad. See, Josh the Punk Thompson thought, <laughs> oh, I can take him down. That was a mistake. No. <laughs> I like faked the leg. I'm no kidding. He was like, like a big building falling over on me and just okay, how, squashed me I dead. You, you're, squashed you're trying to me act dead. like you know, this was a fall. How bad would it be that you actually let someone just fall on top of I'm 43 years old. I'm not a professional fighter anymore. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm okay. <laughs> Don't lie. You are not 58. You're 74. Oh, you're 76? 76. Oh, no, no, 76. 76. Like I, I 76. I'm That's going, right. I'm two days right ago, direction. two days ago, you had your 76th birthday. <laughs> two days ago. It'll be 77 next week, by the way. We I'm go up. It's not 85. No, we'll get there soon. We'll get there. Give me some time, buddy. Give me some time. That is exactly. A it. year a week. <laughs> How does it feel to have an 85-year-old just just cradle you inside? Well, John, the what, put what you, you against it. John, what do you, land what do you, I what do you weigh? What do you weigh? Years old, what do you weigh? Are, are, 85 years are old. Are we pushing 305 now these days? What are we? <laughs> I'll go 250. Jeez. I've lost weight. Uh, 250, was... baby, yeah. And you felt every fucking LB of it. Yeah. <laughs> he gave me the belly, bro. He gave me the belly. He oh, just gave me all... 
I was lucky he had a, he, I was lucky he had like an any belly button so I had something I could breathe through. <laughs> <laughs> Suck all the air out of there. I was like <sighs> Yeah, we talk about lightweights, baby. Yeah. It was ooh, it was <laughs> bad. Uh was there another fight on there that we liked? Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, the Bobby uh, Billy Green. Quintillo. Billy Quintillo. Yes. Man, he looked what good. a knockout in that third round. Yes, he ooh, looked ooh. good. Boom, boom. I felt and, like he, he was he took a while to get started though. I think it was the second round he finally started coming on, sort of finding his and then Nelson yeah. started slowing down. Slowing down. Just, well, he was getting hit with big shots. Yeah. Nelson, I, one thing I I will give him that I thought Kyle was very good with, man, he was slick with his elbows coming out of the exit when they were yes. engaged in the clinch. He hit him a couple times with some elbows. He needs to be careful of those elbows because that he was slick when he threw them. Yeah. Well, um, then they were both exchanging elbows. Like what uh Screw down. Both of them would, one would land against the fence, and then as the other one would land, the other one would throw one right back, and they both land yep. very nicely done. Yeah, Billy's a good, good kid, man, and he's been fighting. Yeah, wait, look, take a look at his record right now, man. How many wow. wins in a row? Wow, one, two, three, three four, five. Dave look at can't, that. Dave can't count past five, so just come to me on that, okay, John? Next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I actually, um. What's it called? Dave had sent me a text saying um, that, you know, we sounded good on, on the broadcast and that like, you know, the chemistry was good with Goldie and the three of us, this and that. And I, and I, I, I don't like to toot Dave's horn very often. I said, but you know, a lot of it comes from us doing our show together, you know, weighing in. And uh, I said, you know, we owe a lot of that to Dave. Cause like, honestly, there'd be no show if we didn't have a producer. Oh, God, no. <laughs> There's no way. So Dude, I, the only thing I, we know how to do is talk. I like to give Dave a little <laughs> bit of credit there, buddy. So thanks for holding the glue together. Mm-hmm. All 275 pounds of it, 85 <laughs> years old. <laughs> Dude, you're okay. not far behind after your retirement, man. Oh man, <laughs> look at those cheeks! Look at those cheeks, oh. man. He's getting a little bit. I've always had some good cheeks, man. Come on, no, I, I didn't say they were good. No, they are good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's, let's talk about the Kobe Covington and T Wood fight. The card is back. You got, you got time? You got time? John, is it past your bedtime? Of You're on East Coast. I know. It's what is it like midnight there now? Okay. Yeah. So what? No problem, uh, man. Up, we've basically been up all night. I was yeah, a couple I, hours I, of I, sleep I, on the plane, a couple, you know, maybe funny. an hour or two when you get home. I had two hours, you know, when I got home and then I was tired. Man. I was like, yeah, oh, dude, I'm tired. And then I come down, I'm talking to you. I'm, I'm wide awake. I'm yeah. feeling good. How many, and, how many monsters have you had today? Oh, today? <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> yes, I, I knew it. I knew it. This guy lives off Monster, man. Lives off Monster. See, there he is. Like, see, I told you. <laughs> I actually kind of like that one. I don't. I don't like. Uh, some of them are a little too like sweet for me, but that one's pretty good. Well, that one's good. Yeah, that one's, that one's good. My favorite. There's another one that they have. They have. A, I would like to say everyone. They just have a, so you know. Yes. You want to have the zero? Let's see. We call it. Uh, zero ultra monster because it is fantastic it is and it is my favorite drink it's what i drink all the time and thank you very much monster for having a delicious product yes there's There's an endorsement without (laughs) any kind of endorsement (laughs) reciprocation but they um but they also have like a really good green tea that i drink it's got a little dragon on it's like it's like a yeah it's good yeah like i I like more of the green teas but yeah it's good uh all right let's talk it let's talk colby covington t wood I feel like this fight should have happened two years ago. Well, I think you're right. And I think it would have been a more competitive fight two years ago. Oh, so what are you saying? uh, Well, you know, uh, just being honest, talk and saying you're going to do something is great. Doesn't mean a damn thing. 
And if you if you start looking at the previous performances of Tyron, he's a different fighter now. He's not the same. And, and that happens. That's just the way it is. Colby Covington is a guy that puts pressure. He comes at you. He can wrestle with Woodley. And I know Woodley says he's going to let his hands go. And don't I'm not I'm not buying into that program. I just don't see it happening. I think he's going to wait because it's part of who he is now. And when you start losing, you start becoming concerned about getting that next loss. And you wait and you're trying to land that perfect shot. And the perfect shot that you never throw will never land. Yeah, he's got to pull the trigger. He's got the speed to land. He's got the, he's got the power to knock Colby the fuck out. Absolutely. And he does. if he does it, and here's the thing is I think he needs to really take the approach like he talked about. He's been talking about, I'm going to let my hands go. He needs to take the approach that this is only a two-round fight. Just go out there and let it all hang out. And if you don't, Colby's just going to basically take you down and hold you down for the next three. So you're not going to take a lot of damage. You'll get, you know, you'll take some shots on the ground. This take and that. some shots. Yeah, but yeah. You're, you're not, I don't think you're going to get finished. So it's cool. I think T Wood, I think he needs to go out there and go for broke the first two rounds, see if he can get him out of there. Because after that, okay. if you if he waits, you're ne- like you just said, you're you're but never going to you're gonna never be a three round fight. What do you mean? No, I know it's five. I know it's five rounds. Oh, okay. But I'm okay, saying okay. it regardless if it's three or five, he's got to go yeah. out there and act like it's only a two round fight because he's his speed and his power has shown it doesn't. It, Diminishes. He, yeah, diminishes, especially the more he wrestles. And that's been the game plan on how to beat and him you for know a what long Kobe's time. Gonna do. He's going to wrestle the fuck out of him. Fuck he's yeah. going to try and leg hump him the whole fucking fight. And and he's going to get some shots in on the way. And as oh, that, yeah. that happens, T. Wood's going to be just trying to defend the takedown over and over and over again to the point where his hands won't be effective in the third, fourth, and fifth round. So you might as well go out there and try and get him out of there in the first two. That's just my advice because we've seen in the last couple fights, once you st- once he starts wrestling, the pop's not there, the speed's not there, and his hesitation is there. And that's the one thing you don't want when you have speed and power normally in your uh, on your side. And he just hasn't been pulling the trigger. He's so afraid of someone just, not afraid, but he just no, knows it's... he wants to defend the takedown. He doesn't want to be put on bottom. And you just got to start letting it go, man. Uppercut, right, left hook, right hand. Just do what you did Cut. when you fought Koscheck. You know, yep. just get out there and let do what the, you did when you fought Lawler. Yeah. Let the hands go. Gotta let them go. And, and and treat it like a two round fight. And because I know it's five rounds, but the more you put the pressure in your mind, like, oh, if I don't get him out of here, I'm going to lose. Well, if you don't pull the trigger, you're going to lose, too. That's so exactly you, you've got he's, he's got to do that. I think I think in the other thing, he's in shape for 38 years old. He's super fat. Oh, dude, he's, he's a stud. He's a specimen, man. I got to tell you, he's a stud. I I don't I, I, Full disclosure, I love Tyron. He is an awesome individual. Yes. Great human being, great family man. He just does everything right. You know, may not be the greatest rapper in the world, just being honest. But, <laughs> but because you listen to rap music and you know how good it is. Yeah, a connoisseur here. <laughs> yes. and definitely a definitely a critic. Yes. But um he's a great guy. I love him. But you know, the, there's those stylistic matchups you look at, and this one at this point of his career. I just don't think it's a good matchup for him. I know that there's animosity there, but that yeah. sometimes can also work against you, you know, because you want to do something and you want to be so explosive and you want to do that damage to him that you're waiting for that perfect moment. And that perfect moment doesn't, it never happens. You yeah. make it happen. So oh, we'll see. I guess we will see. Uh, can you, what do you think? Who, Who are Col- you going with? Uh, uh, uh I, 
Okay, there it is. Right yeah, there. I, I, Thank I, you, I, I you, you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, you hit the nail on the head that, um, that he just, it's 38 years old. He's got to pull the trigger. If he pulls the trigger, I think I give him a lot more, a, a better chance. Yeah. But it's just he's got to get it done. He's got he's got to get that he's he's got to get that fire back in him instead of just being worried about am I gonna get taken down? Am I gonna like you know he he seems like he like you said he's waiting for that one shot, but then he never yeah. takes it. You so know, those don't when, land. Yeah, when he when he lost to Kamaro, you could see you know he in the end he wasn't he was he wasn't even in a position he wasn't fighting to win a fight. He no. was fighting to survive the fight. Yeah. And then when he fought Gilbert Burns, he was. He was pedaling, you know, uphill from the very start of the fight. But he from dropped the Gilbert in the, the very fight. first part of it, right? He dropped Gil. No, Gilbert, Gilbert dropped, dropped him. him. That's right. Sorry. <laughs> so what are you talking about? I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I knew someone One of those went down in the first. Yeah. I, I was trying to remember if he was hit. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a good fight, though. I, I think it'll be I, good for the first two rounds. I'm interested to see the lead up to this, like as far as like this week's press of the trash talking. Oh. oh. This week's press of the trash talking and what's going on. Uh, it should be fun. I think once we get in there, it's going to be even more fun. Uh, I, I I just, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. This is. Uh, How is it not a co-main on a pay-per-view? It doesn't make sense. Because Cerrone and Nico Price could easily be a headline for a free fight. No. No. Yes, it could. No. Cerrone no. just come off the, the, the corner fight. Sir, yeah, a loss. loss. It was not, not good. Even a yeah. good one. Yeah, yeah but what, it's a what bad loss. Mean, yeah, but it was like eyes on. There was a lot of eyes on him. You know what could be the co-main event though is the Mershart fight and yeah, and, Chimaev? Uh, Chimaev. Yeah, the Wolf. But I got I got to really say, man, and, you know, and the UFC's pumping Chimaev, and, and look, he's a great prospect. But the fact that you've already chiseled him into another matchup. If you're Gerald Mershart, you're looking going, oh, really? You want to give someone a little bit of extra emphasis in, in making someone uh, look wrong? They're giving it to them, man. You, they're, putting, they're putting it like a big old target on yeah. that one. I, I just don't get it. You don't do that until after the fight. You can do it with the fighter. Yeah. You can do it with his management. But you don't put it out there. Excuse me. You don't put it out there like, what oh, we've that, already got. John, John was what was the, that? <laughs> I was choking on the fact that they're doing that. But it's like, you don't put that out there like that because what are you saying about Gerald Mershart? You're saying, oh, he's going to beat you. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I will tell you, he may. And he's got, you know, he's he's a dynamic young fighter. But Mershart is a fucking beast on the ground. And that, and that is where. Uh, Chimeyev puts all of his fights, so he's putting himself into a dangerous position. That doesn't mean that he can't, you know what, do good work on the ground and beat up Gerald, but he's putting him into his strength. So I don't know. I I, I look at it and I say, Gerald, good luck, baby. Go get him. Yeah. Who's his next fight? Uh, Damian Maya. So two jiu-jitsu guys. Yep. Back to back. So is is Mershart at eighty five, correct? Yeah, yeah. And then he's gonna fight Maya at seventy. Yep, he's he's fought both. He's fought at middleweight, yeah, yeah. In and at welterweight. Yeah, both his last two fights. One was at middleweight. Yep. One was at one seventy. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. So you, uh, um, that to, that to me, that's just 
man, you know what? As the promotion, you shouldn't do that to any of your fighters. Yeah, you're putting them in, you're making them feel like they're not, they're not good. They're not. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you're telling me you want me to lose. Yeah, yeah, I guess I can take your side on this. Like, you don't have to play the game. Like, you don't, you don't have to. Or the UFC should have played the game of like, hey, your manager and your corner, and you guys know the fight's going to happen. Yes. If you win and you come out successfully, yes. there you we go. Just, we just won't announce it. We'll let your but opponent know. We'll let your opponent know that you guys will be fighting in two weeks if you come out with a win. If not, we'll give you a backup opponent. You know, like having someone in mind already that you're going to end up fighting. Yeah. So, because I, if I, if I was, the, if I was Damian Maya, I'd be thinking to myself. Okay, so what happens if he doesn't win? Then who? Yeah, I, like that's more of a problem well, for me. If you're if you're Damian Maya and he doesn't win, I don't want to fight him. Yeah, you don't want to fight him if he doesn't win. That's one. And then oh. two is like, okay, who's my next guy? Who who am yeah. I? So I'm spending my half of my camp not training for the guy that I'm really fighting. Yeah. yeah so it, if you're Damian Maya, you're actually kind of getting the short situation. end of the stick. You're getting the short end of the stick if you're Damian Maya. Either way, because they may still want to have him fight him and be like, I'm not fighting a guy who's coming off a loss. So interesting. It'll be interesting to watch Mackenzie Dern against uh, Random Marcos because Marcos all does all of her good work on the ground. The one place you don't want to be with no. Mackenzie Dern. So no, it'll be interesting. I, I, I'm going to be interested in seeing how Ronda approaches the fight. You know, yeah. she's her her whole base is wrestling. That's where she gets her stuff. Uh, but I think I think she wants to use that wrestling in a defensive fashion to keep this on the feet. And beat her up as much as you can on the feet. Don't take her down. Just a little yeah. bit of advice. <laughs> Just a little bit. Uh, Miguel Baez Beza has a really tough fight against the unknown fighter. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested to see how that goes. Kevin Holland is the really tall, long, lanky guy, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Holland. Yeah. What is he, like six? Six six, oh, six, six, four. Anyway, six four, something like that. Six three. Six three. But six, he was three, yeah. very active. He reminded me. You remember him? He's good. Do you remember that that boxer? What was his name? It was six three, fought at one forty seven. Oh, you're talking. Oh, I know exactly. God, not, not Walker. He, no, uh, you're you're thinking of uh, yeah, it, it's Paul. Um, God, dog it, I'm losing it. Um, he was fucking good. He oh. ended up going up to middleweight and got Paul got, Williams. Paul Williams. Paul Williams, thank you very yeah. much. See, I would, Williams, I can't even come up with one. I was Paul Williams, and he, and he fought against Sergio Martinez, man. You talk yeah. about a knockout. Ho, yep. ho, ho. Yep. But, but uh, Paul I, Williams I was at really the tall. fight when he fought Margarito. I was there. Yeah. I was at the Home Depot Center in LA. I was yeah. there, and I was watching that fight. I was like, I never heard of the guy before. I'm like, oh, Margarito's going to walk He's through good. him. And he, and he just touched him. Pat, 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 pat. Just peppered him the whole fucking fight. Margarito's one point, through Paul Williams yeah. is great. Yeah, yeah. They broke his back, right? In a car accident or something? Uh, no, he's, he, he he's in a wheelchair now. Yeah. Poor guy, man. Ah, but anyways, but, uh, Kevin Holland, sorry. <laughs> went off on a little tangent. Let's, let's go to the other tall fighter. Yeah, but, Ke <laughs> but Kevin Holland reminds me kind of a little bit of the stylist, like just pop, 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 touch, 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 yeah. and, but obviously kicks involved. But um, but just kind of reminds me a little bit of Paul Williams. Just stylistically, yeah. just the output, the the precision, just the technique. And little little got a little overconfident in the end towards the end of his last fight, as as I recall, a little bit for, more flashy. But I liked watching him fight. I'm excited to see him fight again, man. So I will be watching. I mean, I will be watching because T Wood and uh, Colby. But I will be watching, man. And the and and the hype on the Chimeyev guy right now is it's there, you know. And oh to yeah. See, to see what happens, you know. And of course, I'm a, I'm always be a Donald Cerrone fan, so I'm gonna for sure watch Donald. That's a tough fight for Donald. 
they're all tough fights now. At the age that Donald yeah. is, the miles he has on him, it doesn't matter who he fights. They're all going to be tough. Yeah. That's it. Yep. It doesn't. Good point. You know, Good I mean, point. that's why. That's why I was like, you know what? Maybe you go Bobby. We go Bobby Green. Give him Bobby Green. Fun fight yeah. for both of them. You know, Donald will stand. Donald could go on the ground. Bobby can wrestle. Yeah, but Donald seems to be only fighting at one seventy anymore. Oh, that's true. Not going down to one fifty five. No. So. That's smart though. Smart on his, on yeah. his part. Absolutely. Smart on his part. Oh, and congratulations to Donald on the birth of his second child. Riot. He, had, he named Riot. It Riot. I know it. That's a great name. You gotta love that. Man. I love it. Danger and Riot. It makes sense. Danger. Or we have a dangerous riot coming yeah, up. Dangerous riot coming. <laughs> it makes sense. It does make sense. The way he lives his lifestyle, it does make yes, sense. Yes, it's perfect. It's amazing. Oh, man. Good for him, man. I'm happy for we, him. We have danger and riot being raised on the bad motherfucking ranch. Yep. This is good. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. Right. Good stuff, though. All right, my man. Well, hey, I think this All might right, be it, right? I think we're done. All we're right. enough. Three hours later. And was it three hours? Well, it was two, hour, two and a half. Two and a half. Which is kind of yeah. around the, right around the time our DVD, uh, or not our DVD, but our chip runs out. There you go. <laughs> We're chipless. Our chipless saving chips or chipless. whatever. Uh, we uh, record this. So, um, okay. So, hey, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. YouTube, hit the thumbs up. Shares our videos. We thank you guys, and we hope you guys liked it. Also, if you guys can, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Wayne in. Wayne in. Wayne in. And use the co promo code GOAT. That will get you what? 20%? 20% off on our shirts. Check that out. See what you guys think. We have a whole list of shirts up there. We're going to add, I think, a couple different colors, I think, or unless Dave already did. But uh, yeah, we've got great stuff, man. We've got the Karate Kid one. We've got the weighing in on red and blue shirts, you know, because John the is home the home improvement one. Yeah, we got the home improvement one. John is what? The, you're, you're the red shirt, right? I was the red yeah, shirt. Yeah, you were. You still are. You still are. We also have it on the black <laughs> shirt. We also have it on the black shirt. We also have it on light gray. We have our original Wayne in, which I actually is my favorite one. I think out of all of them, just yep. the Wayne in. I gotta, itself. I gotta get that one in black. All the Wayne in black. Yeah, yeah. I only got a blue one. Maybe we should do it in different colors, Dave. Yeah. This is black. No, I'm you, saying we should do it black. in different colors. Though. Oh, like, oh. You know. eh. yeah. I just because it's a retro one. He said I, I have a bunch yeah. coming uh, coming out to us, and okay. they just haven't shipped yet. Gotcha. Oh, thank you. Gotcha. 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 Okay. Cool. Um, hit all of our all of our audio platforms. We're trying to get our audio numbers up as well. A lot of people watch us right now on YouTube because everyone's pretty much at home, not stuck in traffic, because they are we're all quarantined or kind of quarantined. But uh, please go to our uh, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, all the all these type of other platforms. Hit the hit the thumbs up or hit the subscribe there as well. Thank you guys so much. And Big John, I never thought I'd say this, but I'll I'll see you next week and I'll see you in a month. <laughs> right, so those things, man. We spent we Got spent it, two shows together. Now we spent three hours together. It's a lot of time with a lot of time with you're you. Getting, well, this is what you do when you start, you know, helping the elderly. Yes, yes. Next time I see you, <laughs> next time I see you, I'll bring you a walker. Well, just a cane this time. Just, just something to hold the belly up. I'm gonna crack you over the dome. With it. <laughs> see you later, brother. All right, my man. Take it easy, you guys. We're Bye. out.